live we're being live streamed everybody all right it's the four jabronis roundtable show huh rise <laughs> motherfucker oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was funny too funny you funny soul playing the game would you call me motherfucker would you call me would you call me <laughs> oh that was funny all right so should we do story time with coach jeremy yes this sure. is this yeah i i am um curious <laughs> i'm kind of so, not understanding what's well, what's going on with this but uh so i'm gonna give you guys the short and condensed version uh, because I don't want to yeah, drag give, it out. Don't give us a Patrick version. I don't <laughs> want to hear a Patrick version. If I gave you the Pat version, seriously, I get, this would be a half-hour story, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to try and sum it up in about 10 minutes. Um, so it all started five years ago. <laughs> or, wait, or, wait, or wait, was it four years ago? Maybe it was, maybe it was more than four, less than five. Are you going to take us on a three-hour tour that takes, you know, let's, about five, let's six hike. hours? Let, let, let's call it four and a half. <laughs> we'll be like this at All four right. o'clock in the morning. All right, everybody. What's up? Yeah. All right. So uh, too funny. I had to tell my assistant coach to step down. Like some things happened. Um, and I had to make a decision to ask him, you know, let him know I'd, no longer want you to help me coach you know things are just not working anymore so short version is there was a couple games ago okay. he had gotten very upset he had a bad call was happened and this is kind of like the point that like right when it like we started not seeing eye to eye anymore, which is not good as from coaching. And Joe and you, Joe, right, you know right. this. If you and I coach and weren't going to see eye to eye, that would never work out, you know, because I was Joe's assistant at one point in time, and then he became my assistant at one point in time. <laughs> um, he threw his hat down, very, very angry over a bad call, and it was a bad call. I didn't see it. I was trying to talk to the kids on the bench at the point at that point in time. He was standing up, which I. You know, don't like with my assistants. I like them to sit on the bench and coach the bench, you know, show them what's going on. Oh, look at this guy. He's going here. This is what they're doing. Kind of help them understand what the offense is doing and what they should be doing on defense. Um, So I asked them to take a walk because I knew, because I have done that before. Like I let my emotions get way overrun and I've done that kind of stuff before. Asked him to go take a walk so he could take a breath. He said, I'm not taking a walk. I said, okay. I said, please go take a walk. And maybe I didn't say please, but that's I maybe either way I said ask him to take a walk again. He said, I'm not taking a walk. I didn't tell you to take a walk when you went to the when you were at the Emmaus game. I'm like, okay. And I know what he was talking about because I let some curse words fly out of my mouth. <laughs> I didn't direct them at anybody. I just said them on the sideline. I didn't think I said them loud enough yeah. for anybody to hear, but kids heard. I immediately apologized to the kids for saying shit twice. Okay. Ah, whatever. Yeah, that's not a big one. Like, it's not like, you know, I he mean, made how old, are, how old are the kids? Too? Fifth and like, sixth graders. I uh, try not to curse around kids okay. to begin with, but yeah, it slipped. Okay. It age, happened. Get it. You know, that that age, it happened. They know these words. They've heard them. They might even said them. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're ignorant. But anyways, continuing on. So that was when it started. I know that's the exact moment that it started. Um, So last Sunday. 
we had a game and I had told him, I think the previous week or the beginning of the week that, Hey, we have a double header coming up next weekend. I'll take one game. You take one game. Okay. We'll both coach a game because the 13th, I won't be here. That way, when you take over, you have an idea what you have to deal with as you know, the, the standing coach essentially. And he said, okay, great. Sounds good. Well, he misunderstood that. And he thought I meant last Sunday. So when we started to do our thing and I noticed he had taught them a new play that we didn't discuss, he taught them zone defense, which we had talked about. And I said, I don't want us to run zone defense. It's too late in the season to start teaching a zone defense. They don't know it. We're not going to try it. Evidently tried to teach him that. So he got mad and I didn't understand why, like I didn't know what happened. So he's at the end of the bench, not doing anything. He's just kind of sitting there with a upset face on. Tried to interact with him, find out what's going on. He said, you're the man. I was like, okay, that's a weird statement to say <laughs> when I ask you if everything's okay. And then, uh, I, you know, he said, you told me I was going to be able to coach this game. I said, no. I said, next week when we have the two games. He's like, that's not what you said. I said, okay, I'm sorry. Do you want to take over the second half? I don't want the second half. You know, it came in this big thing that it didn't need to be. And finally, he said, I'll take the second half. Well, I wanted to squash this and try and get it over with because I didn't want it to affect him and I coaching. And I didn't want it to, you know, get elongated any more than it needed to do because I didn't want it to affect the kids. So I tried calling him that night. No answer. Left a voicemail. Please call me when you have a chance. Texted him on Monday. Call me when you have an opportunity. Want to talk. Texted me back. If it's not too late, I'll give you a call. So, okay. Nothing. Didn't hear from him. Waited Tuesday, nothing. So on Wednesday, I sent an email and asked him, let him know, I don't need your services anymore as the assistant coach. Here's why. Thank you. And, you know, you ended be, it. be a good parent, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't remember every word that I put in the email, but it was essentially, this is why, sorry. And then, of course, then I get the phone call. Now he's mad. <laughs> Now of he's course he wants to call you. Now he's interrogating me. I don't know where you coached before, but I don't think you know what you're doing. You know, just where did you coach? I told him and, you know, comes to practice, sits there as a good, you know, as a parent, doesn't say anything, approaches me after practice is over, says, hey, can I get the, the pennies that I, you know, purchased? Sure. Give him the pennies. Anything else that you need? Nope. I'm good. Can I have a moment of your time? Sure. Packing up my bag. Okay. Go ahead and talk. He said, you know, I reread that email that you said, and you're kind of funny. You're a funny guy. I said, okay. Like, I don't understand what you mean by that, but okay. explain, please? (laughs) But I was like, I just don't, I felt like he was trying to trigger me, like try and get something out of me to make me lose my cool. So I was just like, you know what? Okay. Okay. And then he said something else, walked away. All the parents had left by now, except for, I think one, he calls back over to me. He's like, and playoffs, it's only one game, right? It's not two, and then we're out. It's one. I was like, yes, it's one. I got clarification. They sent out a new email saying how the playoffs were going to work, yada, yada, yada. Oh, and you're going to be here for playoffs, right? It's not like Coach Jeremy says he's going to be here, and then we find out the next day, right before game, that he's down in Florida. I'm like, no, I'll be here for the playoff game. So that's done. Thursday rolls around. He decides to send a reply to my email that he didn't send to me. Instead, he drops the reply in the group chat for the parents to read. Of course he did. And then 
he's reading through it. He's saying, you know, does everybody remember this game? You know, goes on this big tirade, how I'm not a good coach. He doesn't think I'm doing a right, good job. At the very end of it, like the last like three sentences, he says, I'm going to say something harsh, but Jeremy, I think you're a racist. And he posts that in the group chat for all the yes. parents to see. Yes. I was like, oh, my God. So this dude's <laughs> black. I'm a, uh, is this guy black? Yes, he Hispanic? is a black gentleman. Yes. Yeah, he is a okay. black gentleman. And, uh, you know, the whole time I'm telling my wife, I'm like, I just see this coming. Like, I see it from a mile away. Just his demeanor, the way he's acting. I'm like, I feel like it's going to happen. She's like, don't think about, you know, don't think that's going to happen. And then it happened. I was like, I told you. I just told you, like, I just, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this just seems like the kind of person that's going to try and play that card. And I didn't, I was hoping it wouldn't, but I just really did feel it was going to happen. So that was interesting. And like, I never replied to anything because I wasn't going to make it worse than what it already was. Like, I just let it go. But it was funny because he kept on posting in the, in the chat and different things. And the one time he posted the video that I had sent him, I said, hey, watch this video. So we're both on the same page. This is what I want to try and do with the kids so they can learn how to set picks. Why am I doing this? Like the intricates of why we're playing basketball, how to play it and like really start to learn the game. And he posted that kind of almost felt like he was trying to play it off as his like here. Your kids will learn a lot from this. Have them do this in the offseason. Like, oh, really? Like, OK, thanks. Um, not nothing like, Hey, Jeremy showed me this. And I think it's a very good thing. And they could practice this, you know, it was just weird. And then, uh, then the parents got involved. You know, one parent says, you know, don't, don't, you know, let it go. I know you're upset, but it's the end of the season. It'll be what it'll be. You know, just, just let it go. It's, it's time to move on. One of the other parents is like, thank you for saying what I was thinking. Another parent's like, I don't know what happened, but I really don't care. And then another another parent, after he posts another message, says, if you don't want to bother people, then why do you keep on coming in here and crying? Like the other guy said, drop it and move on. And then he never said another word. (laughs) I'm curious, though, the other parent who said you said what I was thinking. He was saying that she said that parent said it to the parent that said, let it not oh, be, let's okay. not, let's not cause any drama. Like, you know, okay. let it go. It's over. It's done with, you know, let's just move on and finish the season. She was agreeing with the one other parent, but yeah. So it was just interesting. And one of the other things that really bothered me is one calling me racist because you don't, you're evidently saying that without having any idea of who I am, what I've been doing, the kind of people that I interact on a daily basis with and the kids that I've coached over the last 10 years. <laughs> we, we've coached Allentown kids. That just answers your question right there. Like, so was this like, was this like a, uh, were you just like, is this, was, was this one of the kids' parents and he like asked you to be the coach or you were no. given, or how did this work? I'm curious. So I reached out to the organization because LCYA, where I, where we've been coaching, you know, Joe and I coached forever. They didn't have a, we didn't have enough kids sign up for the program to, for the age group that I was going to coach. So I had nobody to coach. So I reached out to other organizations and that organization needed coaches because none of the parents were stepping up. So I said, oh yeah, sure. Now let me come on over. And I asked him to be my assistant because he was showing great interest and wanted to be out on the court with his son. Okay. So that's where the other element comes in too, which was his, his son's on the team, which is who's biracial. Okay. 
You know, his mom's white, his dad's black, you know, so and I got a couple biracial kids. I got three biracial kids and one Hispanic kid, you know, um, and what, was, what is was, you, you, what uh, what organization is this? You said more. I didn't. I, I'm not yeah, sure it's, it's more elementary. So it's it's actually more oh, township okay. athletic association. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if it was more township or, or something yeah, else. Yeah, more township. Sure. And it was, you know, all the parents have been awesome. Like the parent, the parents, very supportive, very awesome. It was just this one interaction with this person. And what, you know, that really sting that the whole racist thing stings because anybody that really knows me knows that I am, you know, completely opposite of that kind of person. Um, but you also, hate yes, exactly. I always hate everybody equally without color, without having to have to look at your skin color. I just hate people told equally. Me, you told me that early in my friendship with you. You're like, man, I'm not racist. I hate everybody equally. I mean, if if you were racist, Marlon wouldn't have let you. Oh my God! Coach yeah. at LCYA. And, and and for and I know nobody knows who Marlon is unless Marlon's watching this or you've met him personally. Marlon is a black gentleman, <laughs> so yeah. he would have been the first person to be like, "There's no way this white guy's coaching." <laughs> people say yeah. people say that to me at work all the time. Oh, you're following me because I'm black. No, I'm following. You know, I'm not following you. I just you might be a thief. So it has nothing to do with if you look like a shitty person when you come in my store, it don't matter what color you are. If I think you're going to steal, I'm probably going to pay extra attention to you. That's it. I've gotten <laughs> called that numerous times at work. So. Yeah. The one other thing that really stung was he, the gentleman made it out to, to in the email that I cared more about my daughter's cheerleading than I did about the organization and coaching these kids, which is like so ridiculous. You know, there's one game a year that I usually miss, and that's because most of my daughter's cheer competitions I can't go to. So if I find one to go to, it, there's usually a game that I miss during the season. And I always let my coaches and I always let my parents know, hey, I won't be here for this game. I have a cheer competition. You know, I, I don't want to miss this one. I don't get to go to many because I we don't always take my son. Like, and I can't just pick up and go. Like, somebody's got to be here with the other one, you know? So, yeah. But, well, that, that doesn't matter until this. Of course, yeah. it mattered in this situation because there was yeah. there was a there, there was a situation where somebody was trying to manipulate a situation, and he was trying to find everything negative he could about you, or he could turn into a negative. So, yeah. So yeah. that was my interesting week this week. That that led all the way up till today when he came to me and like apologized for everything. He's like, I feel the way I feel. But I apologize for the way that I handled it. He's like, I should have never involved your daughter. I should have never done this. He's like, I should have talked to you, you know, handled it much differently. So he evidently still believes I'm racist and evidently still believes I'm a terrible coach. Um, <laughs> but he's just sorry for the way that he said it. And he's sorry that he involved my daughter. I'm like, okay, so you're, it's kind of apology, but not really an apology because you still think I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> His wife probably told him to apologize in that manner. Because you probably saw, or some one of the parents, or some some of the other parents probably said something to him because he dropped the whole shit in the fucking group chat, and the parents were like, "You can't be doing that, bro." But I must say, I, the parent. This is how cool the parents are. Like with everything that's going on, um, one of the moms is kind of like the the lead, like team mom kind of person. She kind of took on that role, <laughs> and they got me a ball uh, that they put the the M on for our like that's kind of our logo. Uh, mm -hmm. Got it signed. All the kids signed it. So I got a ball that's a signed ball from the kids and I got oh, like a hundred dollars in gift certificates to go out and eat with my family. So I thought that was really cool. Well, they don't think you're a racist then. So that's good. No, they, you know what? And it was funny <laughs> because one of the parents, when I, when the, 
the guy walked in. I didn't say hi to him because I didn't want to stall. I was like, okay, as much as I want to say hi because I want to be polite, yeah. I don't want anything to start like even before the game. So I just said hi to his son. His son said hi. And I was just like, okay. I thought maybe he'd say something, but he didn't. I was just like, mm, okay. And the one parent was right there. She's like, it's not worth it. Don't even bother. I said, I, I didn't say anything except for I'm, you know, I I do want to apologize personally for what happened. She's like, it's all right. He was in the wrong. He's he was so in the wrong because he was. He involved parents. Like he didn't need to involve the rest of the group. It was really really weird. But so like I said, that was my week and a fun story about you know. <laughs> well, Very interesting. I, I, I just have one comment about it. Yes, sir. Um, so you have this obligation as a coach, but you'd rather go see your daughter and her cheerleaders. <laughs> you know, Jer Jeremy, I just got to say, sometimes I seriously doubt your commitment to spark emotion. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, uh... is that I started thinking about that and not that I w was trying to make amends for it, but I actually did get that game rescheduled. So I got it scheduled for a Thursday instead of the weekend when I'm not here. So now I won't miss any games. <laughs> Thank you. That works. So, yeah, it you all guys, works out. You, got, you and Joe have way more patience than I do. I, I kind of think it's cool that you guys coach. There's no way I can do it. So there's no yeah. way. Well, so. I learned a very valuable lesson this year, um, and that's I'm not just going to ask any Joe Schmo to help coach. Um you know, I need to know the person a little bit more. And I need, if it's somebody that I don't know, I need a recommendation from an organization that they did coach at, whether it's the football program, another basketball yeah. program. I need some kind of credential to know that the kind of person I'm working with is somebody that is willing to work with me, regardless if, you know, and if they don't like something I'm doing, they think there's a better way to do it, that they'll come to me on the side. We'll talk about it. We'll come to a, you know, an agreement to change something you know, and not just try to go behind somebody's back and do it this way because you think it's better for them. You know, you know, I mean, I'm an adult, I'm an adult now. And when I coached, I was 17 and 18 years old. So I was probably a different person then, but in two seasons of coaching basketball, I kicked a chair and almost got in a fight with multiple parents after a game. So that's probably not a good, that was probably not a good time. That I, I know. What the hell, Bobby Knight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we lost, we lost one game my second year and I kicked the chair and I didn't shake the kids' hands from the other team after the game. So, yeah, I'm I like, have, uh, we all have, you know what? We all have our incidents. There was one time that I didn't shake another coach's hand because I felt um, that he was very disrespectful towards the kids playing and the way that he was doing things. Uh, and just kind of his demeanor. So I didn't shake his hand. I, I did regret that. I was like, Oh, that wasn't the best way to, you know, to show sportsmanship. Like I'm trying to be a, uh, a mentor to these kids. I'm trying to have, I'm supposed to be somebody that they can look up to and follow my direction. So I eventually apologized to that coach and shook his hand afterwards and told him, you know, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. It wasn't appropriate, you know, but I would, I would, one of the, it's funny. Cause one of the, one of the parents, so the second year I coached, I had, I had some kids on my team the first year. And then I had some of the same kids the second year. Cause it was like fifth and sixth graders, but some of the kids that were on my team the first year were on a different team and we were playing one of them. And I knew one of the kids was terrible. So I'm like, 
you don't got to guard him. He's not going to shoot. He's not going to, don't worry about it. And I, I think a parent heard me say that. So they were not happy with me. So then after <laughs> the game was over, one of the parents came up to me and start arguing with me and what the kid, the, the coat, the referees were high school kids. So it was like somebody I knew and he had to like step in between us. And he's like, I got your back, Matt. <laughs> and like the guy, I don't remember what, he, whatever it was, it was, I was back then I was like, I got to get the last word in. So like he said something to me and then I walked away and I turned around and I, but who won the game? So I had to get the last word in. So then some other older gentleman was like off to the side and he's like, you're an asshole. And I'm like, whatever. And then I would see that same guy. He, he his, his kid must've been my cousin Jonathan's age. Cause I saw him at games, like, playing against my, my, my cousin or whatever. So I would see this guy and I told my grandpa once, I'm like, that's the guy that called me an asshole. And my grandpa, <laughs> you better not call me when I'm there, I'll knock him out. <laughs> that's awesome. So w- the kid, was it the kid's father? It was, that... it was either, his, it was, it was his dad. Probably it was one kid's dad. Specifically. But was it the kid that you told that you don't have to like, you don't have to worry no. about guarding him. It wasn't his dad. It was, no. So it was somebody, a kid's dad on your team. They, that, no, it was, a kid, it was a kid's dad on the other team. Yeah, opposing team. But it, oh, so it wasn't the. So was it? Do you know if it was the kid's dad that you said don't, you don't have to guard that kid? No, like his kid. Oh, so just he, some that random. Kid, that kid only had a mother. He didn't have a dad. The kid that yeah. I had said that about. So uh-huh. he was only had a mom. He didn't have a dad. So, so it wasn't even that kid's parent no. it was some other parent on the team it the opposing the, team that decided that three, they had to say the other parent, i had an altercation with three separate like three different parents from this team and, and it wasn't even parents on your team it was parents on the other team and we played we, we <laughs> when we when we played them i think sticking we up for under, each other we were undefeated and they were undefeated we beat them and then we played them again i think we played them again in the championship game and we beat them in the championship game too. And it was hilarious because all the, all the, when, when you coach like, and this was years ago, guys, this was in the nineties, all the kids that were, all the coaches were kids fathers, except for me. So I was like a rock star because I was like the high school kid coaching and like everybody wanted to be on my team because it wasn't their dad coaching the team. So by the time we got to the championship game, all the teams that had lost all these kids that wanted to play on my team, we're all at this game cheering for my team and nobody was cheering for the other team. So, so it was kind of like, and some of the kids, I didn't tell them to do this. I got accused of it. Some of the kids, like the guy that ran the league, some of the kids fucking shaving creams his car during halftime in the championship game. And I, wow. for it. And I didn't That's tell them funny. to do that. I, at this point I, I would own up to that. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> so, and, and here's my thing. Like, I, I, I love parent involvement in sports. Like parents sit at our practices the whole entire time. This is the other thing. Like if you're going to try and like undercut somebody's character, you got to make sure that the parents don't know nothing about that person (laughs) because the parents are at every practice and they're at every game. So they're seeing exactly the same thing that you're seeing. And if those parents don't have a problem with it, they're, you're not going to change their mind by trying to pretend like something happened or like this person, like they're seeing everything that, that, that I that I right. do like I'm, there's nothing hidden from them um but going on you know it's I love parent involvement but one thing I've always told my wife is 
when my kids play a sport and it's one that I could possibly coach, like my son, I'm not going to coach him. One, I'm not a big fan of that because if you, co- if you coach your kids, you have a tendency to be very tough on them and they never get away from you because you go home with yeah. them. So sometimes if you're angry at them for playing bad, you take it home and you're still angry at them for the game. Some parents can't let that go. Now, other parents can, but some parents can't. So it, it's, it's, I a, would probably, I would probably fall into the category of parents that can't, I can pretty much tell you that right, right now. I, um, I've heard of parents like they're mad at their kid. Yeah, they're like, probably. you missed free throws. We're going home and you're going to take a hundred free throws. Like that's a little like, that's like, and, and, I, and I, I don't want to ruin that relationship. I'm owning it. I would probably, that would probably be yeah. me. And I know it now. Yeah. And it, so <laughs> like for me, like I don't want to coach my kids. So when my son gets old enough to play basketball and wants to play, I'll be on the sidelines or I'll be going to practices or whatnot and watching him practice and watching him play and getting a chance to enjoy it. Because as much as I love coaching, you don't enjoy the game as much when you get to watch your kid play as you do get to coach it. You know, there's times of enjoyment, but there's also times where you're like, Oh my God, what the hell is going on? I don't know how to fix this. How do I fix this part? Like you're going nuts trying to help your kids, you know, do the best that they can. Like today was a prime example. We were tied at at halftime, 12-12. We came out. We completely melted down, messed up. Any way that we could, we messed up. And I didn't understand it. I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. I called. I used all my timeouts to try and help, you know, tell me what's going on, this, that, the other thing. Like, this is what I'm seeing, you know, do this and, you know, try this, try this. And we ended up losing 32-17. to And it was tied 12-12 at halftime. (laughs) I was like, "Oi, what the hell happened here?" Like, I mean, (laughs) we just pretty quick. Yeah, it got it, and it didn't. It it got about the ten minute mark is when it just started to happen. Like, really got bad. It was really close up until like the last ten minutes, and then it just kind of fell apart. Well, that escalated quickly. Yeah, I mean, that's really (laughs) not out of hand fast. (laughs) So it's, you know, I like it better being able to be impartial to all the kids. Because I have no personal investment as far as like, this is my kid, not you're not my kid. You know, Joe remembers my nephew played for us the first year that I that I helped out coach. I was an <laughs> asshole to him. <laughs> you were. You were you're me to Austin. <laughs> yeah, I was an asshole to him. And and I because, felt bad for him. I remember he for sat down bit. one time. I said, if you're gonna sit, you can fucking run <laughs> i didn't say f but you know i said you could run and he just started oh, running and i didn't let him stop I until mean, i felt good about it i remember i remember uh, playing against him one time and marlon and joe were like there and they were like trying to coach him when i was like guarding him and he was playing against me they were like trying to coach him oh marlon can never not coach marlon <laughs> is i love marlon but if you're playing with him get ready and, to be coached like, <laughs> joe I feel like I was friends with Joe enough then at that point, you guys should have known that that's going to make me try harder and not give him shit. <laughs> maybe that, that's what I wanted. Maybe you didn't want, maybe you wanted me to play him as tough as I could. So <laughs> maybe that was the reason you were doing it. Cause it, I'm sure it worked because he probably didn't do anything at that point. <laughs> Some need to learn in a different way. That's all. Yeah. I, I just want to add, I just want to add two things on this subject. First Ooh, of all, two. I want to show, I'm going to, this is going to be a little complicated, but I want to show a little example of what Matt's coaching style must be like. 
can uh, actually hold on. Let me just do this. Can, can you see that? Um, it's a little off, of it. but yes, we can see it. it's got it's got uh, Ren. I'm not sure which way to tell you to move. Move to the right of it. There you there go. You yep. Go. All right. What do you mean you don't agree with me? That would be AJ. That's fucking hilarious. I, I don't know from, from from your own description that kind of that kind of sounded like what how, how you coach. So, you know. Right, anyway, that was funny. Uh, all you can see is my hand as I'm trying to reconfigure my phone here. Um, oh, yeah, you mentioned Jeremy mentioning about like you know not wanting to coach your own son. So you know my dad coached me. I think I've mentioned this before. I don't remember now though. Uh, you know he he was an assistant coach sometimes for my baseball teams, mm-hmm. not all the time because he would only ever coach with one other guy. And so like there was a year. I remember very specifically where I was playing in a different age group and he wouldn't coach for my team because the guy who he would coach with was still coaching the younger kids. So it was kind of weird. Um, But anyway, there was one time where we were having a practice and, you know, like it's like, you know, every is at the point of the practice where everybody's just like, you know, taking like batting practice and everybody else is just out in the field, you know, retrieving the balls basically and everything. Mm -hmm. One time I was standing near my dad and one other kid and we were just like kind of talking about something and then like kid who was up, like, you know, hit a ball our way and it was kind of like in the gap. We were standing in right field. So I went and I made, you know, I just decided I was going to like, you know, try to play like it was a game situation. So, you know, it was kind of a line drive was tailing away from me and I went and I jumped and did like a full like extension and, and caught it. And, you know, so I'm getting, like, you know, from around the field, everybody's like, oh, great catch, Pat, you know, hey, great job, everything. And I could just kind of, you know, throw the ball back and kind of jog back to where my dad and the other kid was. And my dad's got this smile on his face, and he just goes, you made that so much harder than it needed to be. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, I want to believe this story that Pat's telling, but we know Pat – and I don't uh, think I've ever seen I him do anything that athletic ever before. I was 12 years old. If I had a picture of myself at 12 years old, I was not nearly as fat. Yes. Then. <laughs> We're gonna give, I'm going to give Pat the benefit of the doubt. If you said he was doing it five or 10 years ago, Jeremy, you're probably right. But no, I know. I'm just messing 12. with Pat. I mean, I, so I, he was 12 I and 5'11 five, already. So, you know, that. <laughs> <laughs> I get my dad to verify the story, but you know he's 72 now, and I'm sure he doesn't remember all this shit because I know he's slowly losing parts of his memory. But um, oh, man, and of course I give him an explanation from him as to why he said that. And he goes, "You got a late jump. You didn't need to have if you if you if you if you'd played it right off the bat, you would have been standing there when it came, and you wouldn't have jumped." I'm like, <laughs> I can tell you, I hated with a passion playing for coaches whose kids were on the fucking team yeah it could be i um, couldn't stand it i hated it i I, I had i had that experience a few times um the the one guy who i mentioned a lot to be honest yeah the one guy who i mentioned who my dad would only coach with um you know he he had two sons one who was my (laughs) age and one who was a year or two younger than me the one who was my age was one of the better players on the team and the one who was a year or two younger than me was the best pitcher that 
um, our organization had in any level by a long shot. Like, you know, mm. he was, he was a kid who could have gone somewhere, but I think he blew out his shoulder in high school. So, oh, geez. yeah. Uh, just one other quick thing about my, my dad, the way he treated me as a player. And this was a time when he wasn't coaching, um, but I was playing, you know, uh, basketball and, this was we had like three or four coaches and we we had a lot of split squad games and everything and i was playing a game where which which was being coached by the guy who i would consider was like our third coach and i don't think he respected i'm blowing myself up here but i don't think he respected what i could do so much so just this one particular game i think i got on the court for maybe three minutes total oh wow like yeah, like, like he put me out there. I was in for like a minute and a half in the first half, and I sat at the bench the rest of the game. And then the second half, like the same thing repeated. And when I was coming off the bench or, or coming off the court, and uh, I, I basically ignored the kid who was coming in for me when he was asking me, who, who are you playing? Uh, and I guess I just had this look on my face. And when the game was over, my dad said to me, I ever see you get taken out of a game with that kind of a look on your face again, you won't be playing anymore ever. <laughs> you know, so he's not even, you know, coaching me, but he's still coaching me, you know, and I got what he was saying, you know, I got what he's saying now, but you know, I just, I just basically want to say to him, I was on the court for three minutes. I didn't even get a chance to, I didn't get a chance to do anything. Like, you know, I know I had the least amount of play time on the court that day for that particular team and there were definitely kids that were worse than me i mean i was no great shakes especially if you had to put the ball in my hands because you know i get like eminem like you know my palms are sweaty if like you know i ever had the basketball in my hands my i always felt my job when i was on the court was to get rebounds and play defense you know so like i hit a rebound i'm immediately looking for the ball handler and say here take it you know but i mean that's that's that was yeah so he was just like you know yeah, if I ever see that look on your face again, I won't let you ever play again. So, you know. That was the best thing about playing on your team, Pat. I knew you were just going to give me the ball, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, you know, you guys, you know, Jeremy made the mention about, like, oh, I've never seen Pat do anything that athletic. I remember one time, and Christ, this had to be 15 years ago now. It's going to hold it against me forever now. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 where were we playing, Matt? I think we were playing at uh, at Sean's. Sakamoto's house. And I don't remember who all we were playing with or against that day or whatever, but I remember I got the ball, and I just, like, like went and, like, dribbled through two guys and made a layup or something. And I think as soon as I went through, I think I like, you know, kind of stopped and said to everybody, I hope there was a video camera recording that because it's never going to fucking happen again. <laughs> I just remember the one time we played at Sean's house and AJ took out freaking Vinny and like Vinny like flipped out, <laughs> wanted to fight. I wasn't there for that one. Oh, man, I wish you would have been. I remember I got hard foul too there, I think. But I got I, I got a phone call, I think, almost like instantly when that <laughs> after that ended. I no, think there was, there was, two different was like, I, there were two different incidents with Vinny there. I think Jeremy was there for one, but there was a whole nother one. So I'm not, yeah, I don't I don't see I don't remember being I don't think I was there for either. I just don't remember. But I just rem I remember definitely getting a phone call right after one and then it was like, I'm fucking pissed at Vinny. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, you were like guys we were we were like fighting and i fucking i told you guys i i, I kicked him in the balls i, I did 
So, he's a dirty fighter. He he play he fights dirty. He's he yeah. grabbing he pitches ran, the nuts and balls. He almost <laughs> ran my foot over with his car when he was pulling away. I was out there and he almost ran my foot over. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, like, if I had been there, I I would like to think I would have been trying to pull you two apart. I but. mean, he like he was like one of those people who like he didn't he didn't have the skill. He didn't have as much skill, but he was like a pest. He was always like right up in my face, but he fouled me all the time. But he was one of those guys like that. So he was he was making up for his lack of skill with just being intense and stuff. And and I used to I used to mess with him. And I I, I look back on some of the times when I was dicks to some of my friends back then. And it's not but I guys, I did. I like I like bounced the ball off his head back to me to piss him off that time. Like I like I like threw the ball off his head back to me. And that, that he was done with me at that point. Like I totally set him off then. So it my was, favorite, I kinda had it coming. I kind of had it coming. So my favorite thing to do to people on the basketball court, because they never expect it. They don't, they don't look at sometimes me and like expect that I can do a really, like I can pass really well. Some people are just like, unless they play with me enough, they don't realize like, that's one thing that I always am good. I like, I can see the floor and I can see where people are going to. Usually when the pass gets messed up is because it slips out of my hand or the person that's going where I think they're going stops going there. And then it's like, <laughs> like you stop moving. They're like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. But I love to put it between people's legs. I like to pass the ball between people's legs. It, that shit drives. They're like, everybody's like, oh, because it makes the person that you're that yeah. is guarding you look like a full leg, man. You had your white legs wide open. I'm sorry. That's where the ball's going. Like, <laughs> Especially I'm if the person's the right behind your you. legs. Just like, if, especially the person standing right behind them, like that I want to pass to. I'm not going to dish it over somebody's head all the time because you can jump and catch that. Neither, neither me or you, Jeremy, really looks like a basketball player. I've been the last person picked before at pickup games, and then af- halfway through the game, like, well, probably shouldn't have picked him last. <laughs> yeah, and it, it just depends on who you're playing with. Like when I play with my nephew's friends, they know what I can do. Some guys don't like the way I play because you know I'm not a big shooter. And, you know, I do miss a lot of shots when I take them just because I don't shoot all the time. So I never get that. I never get into a a full rhythm. But when it comes down to it, if you want somebody who's going to set picks and help you get open and give you the ball where you want it and and help you get shots, I'm the kind of person you want on your team. (laughs) You should be complaining then. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. Like, don't expect me to shoot a lot. And if I do expect me, that is probably going to miss. But. I'm going to help you get points. Like <laughs> I can help you win in a different way. We always had fun playing with you and Chris. Cause your friend, your, your brother, Chris is so he's like worse than I am. Like he's like, God damn it. Play defense. <laughs> <laughs> he's Mr. Intensity. What are, what are you doing, Jeremy? Guard him. <laughs> yeah. He's calmed down with that now, now that he's older <laughs> and realizes mm. that he can't play like that anymore himself. So I don't think he expects anybody else to play like that. So that's but, funny. Yeah, I'm all my bro- my brother was always about defense. Yeah. Jeremy, always. Jeremy, what are you doing? I'll guard Matt. You're not you're not guarding him. I'll do it. <laughs> and I would make a couple shots on him, and then he'd like I'd see him in his head, like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So. It was... <laughs> oh man, good old times. I didn't think anybody was more intense than me, and, and Chris Beaton was worse than I was. I thought I was bad, but then I met Chris, and I'm like, well. At least I'm not that bad. Yeah. So I got to show you guys something. Um, th- I found this very, very funny. This is – it's a TikTok that I came across. Uh, I'm going to preface it like this. Uh, I don't give this guy much clout. 
because he's wearing an entire Browns outfit. So, um, <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> um, and just the topic that he's talking about as a Browns fan, I don't know how you can sit there and do it with a straight face. Um, Jeez, I'm and anybody now. and any and anybody take you serious. Um, so give me one what second. You what you got? What you got? All right. So three why, reasons why the Packers are the most overrated team in the NFL. Once again, this guy is wearing Browns stuff. I mean, I might be willing to agree with that statement right now, though. So. I, I'm, I'm not saying he's not wrong in this, but <laughs> you got to listen to the reasons that he gives. This should be fun. Here is why the Green Bay Packers are the most overrated franchise in NFL history. Since 1992, the team has had two of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time, and they only have two Super Bowl wins. You call yourselves title town because you won 13 championships. 11 of those championships were won before color TV was invented. You should call yourselves <laughs> idle town because your sorry ass franchise ain't going anywhere. I went to Lambeau Field in November. The stadium is a dump. Lambeau Field is an older place because they're trying to preserve the history. Well, that's a nice way of saying they're too stingy and cheap to renovate the damn place here's why the green bay packers are the most i mean i, mean, I don't he, necessarily he, disagree with his statements it, it's it's the sad part is about if he was like a Pittsburgh. okay i'm wrong i'm gonna say it anyway if he's a pittsburgh steelers fan I, I would be more inclined to be like yeah. yeah 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 but he's a clowns fan when was the last time your team did anything they've never won a super bowl like before they're in that category TV as well. Never, <laughs> before color TV as well. So he has never, no room to talk. The, the Browns have ben, never been ben. to a Super Bowl. Yeah, they've never been to a Super Bowl on top. So that and that's why I have a hard before fucking color TV. Right. They and, won championships. Okay. Yeah, and his whole thing about eleven other championships were won before color TV was invented. Uh, that's completely and totally fucking wrong. Right, because they yes, won the first Super Bowl, though. which was in color. <laughs> the, the first Super Bowl was televised, yeah. and that was in color in nineteen what sixty three or sixty two or something like that. So uh, I mean, sixty six. I mean, sixty six. A quick, a quick, a quick Google search tells me that color TV existed in some way, shape, or form as early as nineteen fifty three. Yeah, which yeah. therefore <laughs> means that because the Packers, in addition to winning the first two Super Bowls, also won a bunch of the NFL championship games there in the early sixties tells me that most of their championships were won after the advent of color t tv now did every home have color tv by 1966 uh that i don't know but it certainly fucking existed uh, <laughs> it's, it's just funny just, that a clouds fans talking shit like green bay when their team hasn't done anything if you're gonna uh, make a fucking, if you're gonna make a fucking sanctimonious video like that you better have your fucking facts straight what a fucking oh. idiot so I got, I'm going to, let me pull up this Facebook post. All right. You want to display it? No, no, no. It's on, it's on my phone. <clears throat> um, you guys keep talking. I'm just, uh, okay. This, this has to do with sports. I have nothing to talk about. Well, I, 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 was, I, I saved something for you guys and you guys may have seen it and it kind of fits in with what we've just been talking about. It's obviously fake, but one of my friends sent me the statement from NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell saying because the last two Super Bowls have been a home team is like in the Super Bowl going forward, the Super Bowl every year will be in first energy stadium in Cleveland because they don't ever make it to the Super Bowl. 
that's awesome. The, oh, uh, not 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 to like you know rain on your parade here or anything, but the funnier thing would be to say that they'd be in Ford Field because that is a place where they can legitimately host the Super Bowl, and the Lions are of course one of the other four teams right. that have never that have never been to the Super Bowl. And see, and they're watching their former quarterback go to one now. Right, exactly. And see, that's the thing. Like the four, the four teams that have never even been to the Super Bowl are the Browns, Lions, Jaguars, and Texans. Now, the Jaguars and Texans have a little bit more of an excuse because they have a much lesser history. But you know, the Browns and the Lions, of course, both existed prior to the advent of the Super Bowl. So the fact that they've both never been is much more of a black mark on on them and everything. So. Um, you know, though, uh, now that I'm realizing, I think you could do that same thing with the Texan stadium. Cause I think they've hosted the Texan stadium associated with the Super Bowl once or twice since, uh, since they've been I around, so, yeah. they've been, their franchise has only existed for 20 years. So, yeah, well, this, the same so, guy that did that breakdown, it also went to the Ohio, uh, Iowa game against Penn state and he's an Ohio state fan. What kind of douchebag yeah. does that as an Ohio <laughs> state fan goes to another team within your division and like, I don't know. Just uh, it's, it's, it's it's called it's called being a a, a front running dick. Yeah. You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a it's a way of uh, you know trying to uh, prove you know that his team is superior to all other teams. And again, you know, I don't mean to pile on the Browns. I do not have the hatred for the Browns that AJ does. But again, <laughs> if your if your NFL team is the Browns who have barely been able to get out of their way and have had what two, three playoff appearances since they, you know, re- returned Came back to Cleveland. It's as if they returned to existence as you will. in in 1999 and everything. So, you know, you don't have a fucking room to talk. That would be like me, a giants fan. Yes. We have some four super bowls, but we also have one fucking playoff appearance in the last 10 years. That would be like me saying to, uh, you know, to like the Rams or, you know, Rams fans or Chiefs fans right now saying like, oh, yeah, you guys don't even have as many Super Bowl trophies as my team combined. But, you know, my team sucks right now and yours don't. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's just, and it's funny and it's it kind of it just kind of makes me laugh, um, you know, because he, he he'll, Browns fans. Like thought the answer to the, like their problems was going to be getting rid of OBJ. He goes to the Rams and like has been a major contributor to the Rams since he went there, you know. And he's still learning the system, so he's not even fully acclimated to the system. And he's already been a major contributor to helping them win. So was the real problem with OBJ, or is it just that, um, freaking uh, Jesus? Cleveland like, was just that bad. Well, and I can't, and all of a sudden I can't think of his damn name. Their quarterback, um, Baker. Yeah, Baker Mayfield. Like, or is it that he just could, or that him and Odell just didn't have chemistry, and maybe he's just not that good of a quarterback as everybody wants to think he is. I like to think he was, but maybe he's just not. He was supposed to be the answer, and he's here for four years. And Joe Burrow has been in Cincinnati for two, and he's already going to the Super Bowl. So, which which guy's in better shape right now? Yeah. So I found this the post. Okay. <clears throat> Fucking dumb people. <laughs> so, Fox Sports analyst Nick Wright on why oh, LeBron James I saw this. has had a more impactful career than the recently retired NFL legend Tom Brady. <sighs> well, LeBron has been able. Wait, I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear the first part. Uh, so, 
why who has had a more impactful career than Tom Brady? LeBron. Why LeBron James has uh, had a more impactful career than Tom Brady. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, already, I'm already disinterested because this is an apple to oranges comparison, but it is. It is. It's dumb. And there's some comments after this um, on the person who posted this. It's just, it's just asinine. Not on the person who posted this, but some of these other people who posted. So Nick Wright says, what LeBron has been able to do everywhere he's gone and independent of coaching far outshines Brady. LeBron's resume is clearly the most impressive. <laughs> um, nope. And there's some people who <laughs> Shane posted also, LeBron flops. That is all. <laughs> but I, I, so, so there was, you know, some people posting stuff. Um, and then there's this one person who posted, Brady has played more games years and has more passing attempts than every quarterback in history. Always plays with a stud wide receiver in O-line. To get rings in football, you need help. LeBron has done it all by himself in capital letters. Wow. So Kyrie Evering yeah. was never on his team. Kyrie well, Irving just didn't exist. Neither, it was all over. So Chris Bosch. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so hold on. This is so I posted this, and then the person who posted this is actually our friend Rob. He um he he replied back. So I'm gonna read this. So I go, I wrote this. I was like. I'm going to try and be as respectful as I can with this one. I wish people would really think about what they post before doing so. Brady's wide receivers. And like his, these are the best, really the wide receivers he's played with. If you take Randy all Moss that out of the equation, it's not great. Well, just hold on. <laughs> so I wrote this. I wrote Brady's wide receivers, Randy Moss. And I po put, Zero Super Bowls won together and lost to the Giants when they were 16 and 0 in the regular season. Gronk, Wes Welker, Edelman, Dion Branch. And like if you go after that, they've had nobody as far as like great wide receivers, just a bunch yeah. of second tier, third tier wide receivers. And Edelman's not and even put, going to be a Hall of Famer, most likely. No. No, and I said, and Gronk probably will be, but he's also not a wide receiver. But yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I put him in there because he's a, a yeah. yeah. But, but it's know. like the, the only Hall of Fame wide receiver that Brady's ever played with is Moss. Is Moss? Welker, Welker was really good when he was in New England. Edelman was pretty good. I mean, but a lot of times you can say Amadola, same guy, barely did anything though. You could probably say that Brady elevated these guys. Like, who were the receivers that we had? Like for his first few, it was it wasn't like it was like Troy Brown and like David Givens, my guy from Notre Dame, yeah. and. And, and I Deion even put Branch like Dion Branch was the other guy I put on here. And, and look what happened to those guys when they left New England. Yeah, nothing. So then I put like with those wide receivers, seven and three, you know, seven and three Super Bowl record. And even his running backs, like his best running back he had, I think maybe like Garrett, like Garrett Blunt, you know, maybe um, there's somebody else I'm missing in there off the top of my head. So I put LeBron is four and six in NBA finals. 2007, when they lost to the Spurs, is the only NBA files you can say that LeBron did 75% or more of the work to get to the NBA finals because that team really wasn't 
I mean, you had Carlos mm. Boozer on that team. <laughs> Carlos um, Boozer. Uh, Larry Hughes was on that team. Two, like 2000, that, that, 2018 also, that that Cavs team was bad, and they shouldn't have been in the finals that year either. So, Yeah, but who do you have on that team? He had Kyrie on that team, right? No. Did he have Kyrie and Kevin Love No, Kyrie was in Boston then. Okay. Was oh, Kevin, Love Kevin Love, but – that's, yeah, that's, the East. The East still sucked, though. So I can I care less about I'm that. I'm just one. saying that that year was was bad. That year he was on a bad team, and he was probably doing 75 percent of the work that year too. So yeah, I mean that's fine. The East still sucked. I said he played with D Wade, Hall of Famer, Chris Bosh. Most like is he in the Hall of Fame? I forget. Yes. Put anything. I'll check, Paul, but I think he is. Paul, I, no, I put Bosch, Hall of, Bosch got in. Yeah. Yeah, I put D Wade, Chris Bosch, Ray Allen, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, Anthony Davis. I said, who had a better core to to play with? And it's like you can't. You're, you're comparing. It's hard to compare basketball to football to it begin is. with because you, it's it's so I said apples it's hard, yeah it's harder to win a Super Bowl that many times because how the NFL works. It's easier to win an NBA title. I mean, just look at back at history and like. There's what in the last 20 years, maybe five, six teams who have like won it every single yeah. year. And so it is what it is. I said, no champion does it himself in capital letters in team sports, not Jordan, Russell, Magic, Joe Montana, or Wayne Gretzky. Maybe they will be, maybe they are responsible for more than 50% of the reason why they won the championship. Yes, they both have long careers. It's harder to win a Super Bowl than an NBA title. So, yeah, then really, there, Rob, there, there haven't been back. There hasn't been a back-to-back Super Bowl winner in over twenty years. And then, and then Rob, Rob had posted, LeBron has done nothing by himself. Do you skip the years he had Wade, Bosch, Kyrie, Love, and Davis? And he goes, he won two with Bosch and Wade, two with Kyrie, Love, and no one so and one so far with Davis. LeBron is third all time in points, soon to be second. Kobe is fourth, and Jordan is fifth. And your point is what? He came out of high school and they do fucking load management these days. They didn't do that back in the day. He only won one with Love and Kyrie, not two. Yeah. And you see somebody, and this is the point. This guy has no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Hasn't he already played played more seasons than Jordan did? Yes. Oh, yeah, by far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He is seventh in assists as only as the only forward on a list full of guards that Kobe and Jordan aren't on either because they're shooting guards fuck nut they're not goddamn point guards oh wait i lost my spots uh in <laughs> fact he's about to pass magic johnson and assist for a power four he's also 10th all-time in steals nobody has achieved stats like that in nba history championships are great but they aren't everything stats don't lie then he goes both are phenomenal players for sure i could list a lot of grady's great brady stats also but i don't think it's possible to compare players of different sports in a fair manner then why the fuck did you open your mouth and post the shit in the first place bro can you do me a quick favor can you reread that statement about three or four sentences ago that some that thing about championships nobody has achieved stats like that nba history championships are great but they aren't everything stats don't lie uh championships are great but they aren't everything they sure are everything that that has got to be 
one of the dumbest fucking things I have ever heard as it pertains to sports. Uh, and yes. you can say Charles Barkley is better than fucking. Right. You can. You can. I don't even know. You can. You can. Be, you can <laughs> I don't even you know. Can, you can be a great player and Look. never win a championship in your career. And there's been plenty of guys in all the four major sports that that has happened to. You know, like we just, you know, we talk about Charles Barkley and Carl Malone. Like Ted Williams never won a World Series and only I think ever played in, in one and everything like that. And but they were all obviously like all time greats with with great stats and everything. But I'm sorry, I subscribe to the Vince Lombardi school. Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. Ultimately, what are you playing for if it's not to win championships? I'm sorry, I can't imagine one player that you would take seriously if you ask them. Would you rather win a bunch of championships or would you rather, you know, have like all the greatest stats of all time? I think they probably would rather win a championship. Dan Marino I mean, would trade all that shit in for one Super Bowl. Oh, right hell now. yeah. No doubt yeah. about it. I mean, it. look at I mean, yeah. here's the other thing, too. Carl Malone is up there with a shitload of stats, too. And I think he would rather get rid of some of those stats for a couple NBA titles. Absolutely. And there unfortunately, so many, and, that guy's and Jeremy, a moron, I, Joe. That that's the ultimate it, conclusion. And Jeremy, I, I I'm not trying to pick on the city of Philadelphia. I'm really, <laughs> really not. I'm really not. But I had to. I tapped on this dude's profile, and he has a picture of the word love that has a picture of the Eagles, Phillies, Sixers, and Flyers. I'm oh like, Lord, have mercy! I'm like, you're one of those Philly fans. Well, I have routinely said, without <sighs> a, and this is probably from years of listening to New York sports talk radio and everything, but you know that's where sports talk radio originated, of course, is in New York. But and nobody posted anything about what I said. No one liked it, disliked it, like challenged me nothing, and I was like, oh, but, you guys but, don't but, want to but, talk. But, 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 but like Philly sports analysis, it's always a pale com- wannabe comparison of New York sports analysis, and it usually sucks. I've never heard one person who's like been a Philly, like other than maybe Jason Stark, but who he's worked nationally, you know, pre ESPN for so many years. I've never really taken that much value out of anybody who comes from like a Philadelphia, uh, you know, basis, you know, as far as like sports analysis. You know, one of the, one of the most prominent, uh, you know, well, actually, let me check this before I go and smear him, you know, but, uh, <laughs> oh, yes. One of the most, you know, prominent, um, you know, Philadelphia sports writers of all time was, uh, you know, was was Bill Conlon. You know, he was a guy who you'd see on the sports reporters every week. And then, of course, you know, after, uh, you know, like right at the end of his life, he was accused of being a child molester. So, you know. <sighs> Uh, awesome. just another thing in sports that frustrates me that's why i try to not read stuff but i was like ah i just had to post it because you sounded <laughs> stupid <laughs> yeah and let me just put it this way too though um I, i'm saying like oh new york sports talk radio is the best and everything i avoid new york sports talk radio like the plague anymore because i realized after listening to it too constantly during the last few years there of mike francesa that he had become delusional in a lot of ways and the people they have on there now, they have a lot of degenerates. You know, if you ever, if you ever look up Craig Carton, you know, he was the guy who went to the jail for a little while for uh, basically running a Ponzi scheme to convincing people to give him money. Oh. So he figured out the gambling debts. 
after he yeah. served his time, they go and they get him back on the air as almost as quickly as they can. And I really can't stand listening to him because well, he's also got a fairly grating voice. But uh, I, but again, I that whole article again, it's it was ridiculous to to write it in the first place. I mean, that would be like me, you know, wanting to write an article saying about why uh, you know Drew Brees is a better player than Barry Bonds. I mean, it's so. <laughs> Pat, did, did you look at the, did you see the, that list, the ESPN, like top 100 baseball players of all time? I, I definitely have some problems with the, the last one through 25 for sure. Um, yeah, I glanced at it. I don't remember. Um, so the, I, I don't, the, I don't remember uh, quite absorbing all of it. I remember reading yes, like, I saw that. I saw that news, Jeremy. <laughs> this is so funny. I mean, it's definitely taken out of context and some things, but it's really funny. You know, the it's lean back. Hilarious though, right? Uh. <laughs> and he's like, oh shit, I'm falling. And then of course this, the other one that I'm I saw flopping. had the block. He's getting like crushed. He's getting blocked yeah, doing the same move. I, <laughs> what I thought he wasn't licking D Wade's face, but that's hilarious. That's funny. So, Pat, the day the day before the one through twenty five came. One more, out, real quick, talking. real quick before <laughs> Jordan, oh, yeah, getting, Jordan fouled. getting fouled, LeBron, LeBron getting fouled. fouled. Oh, <laughs> touch my arm. I was so talking hilarious. to Jay, and I told Jay when this one through twenty four comes out, I'm like Griffey and Bonds better be in the top ten. Griffey was thirteen, and Bonds was eight. I thought Bond should have been in the top three. And what yeah, was the list about? Uh, the ESPN did a ranking of the 100 best baseball players. And of you all know time. more about the guys, like the older guys, Pat. So you know, mm -hmm. and Babe Ruth being number one is what I expected. But I just was having a hard time believing that there's seven guys ahead of Barry Bonds, and I really thought Griffey should be, even if he was nine or ten. I was really shocked that Bonds wasn't higher and that Griffey wasn't in the top ten. Well, Let me I can bring this list up because I didn't even know they did this. I can understand why Griffey wouldn't make top ten, to be honest. Uh, and his it's years in Cincinnati. It's because the second half of his career was largely injury prone, unproductive because yeah. of being injury prone, and it, it's it, it ends up being a like, oh God, I've only stayed healthy. You know, Ryan Sandberg was only 91. I mean, see, here, that's here, a tragedy. The nice thing about baseball is that it's probably the easiest of the big board sports to, to, to quantify. These are not the, the writers who vote for the Hall of Fame. This was just ESPN. So Bonds yeah. is whatever Pat, like whatever Bonds steroid issues are. I don't think that that was figured into this. So. I really yeah, thought right. Bond would be higher. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, baseball is kind of the easiest to qu to quantify in a lot of ways. And you know, with a stat like WAR, you know, it, it's it's meant to create a way that you can compare guys who played in different eras because it's like adjusted for like the park effects of the time and like the league at the time. You know, the like the run scoring environment and stuff like that. One thing that I, of course, I don't think war adjust for is you know pre-1947 post-1947 so like I just, I, just, I just don't like using war that far back because it's 
yeah it doesn't it doesn't fit a certain time well it's war is also based uh, in some ways on usage especially when it comes to pitchers like the more innings you throw the higher your war is going to be okay Um, what is the you got to break this down for me because i've never (laughs) heard this term before well war yeah yeah wins above replacement oh okay it's it's basically it's a sabermetric stat, but it's basically it's and it's a counting stat, as you will. Um, it just like the higher your war number is, it just shows like the the better you are for your career. That kind of. Hey, but Pedro Martinez ahead of Griffey. Oh, yeah. So here's the thing. God. Just, here's the thing that I just was looking at, looking at the top twenty-five, and I think I saw this. Uh, when they had like a reaction from like some of the people uh, of the top 25, I think only eight of them I just counted played in the nineties or later. Yes. So there's still in baseball, this bias towards the golden days, you know, like these mythic figures that were Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth and Honus Wagner and Walter Johnson and, then, you know, even getting later, Joe DiMaggio and Stan Musial and Ted Williams and Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays and everything like that. You know, Babe Ruth was obviously a great player. You know, you, you can see like video highlights of Babe Ruth. I swear, nobody hit a ball like Babe Ruth did. The way the ball would come off of Babe Ruth's bat, even when you see like video of it now, is still something that was just, just like, that like shit was court. But, well, I don't know about that. But, but no, it was seriously. Well, if that was the case, Lou Gehrig would have more home runs now, too. Yeah, just, just like how does the ball come off of his bat like that and everything. So, I mean, yeah, like they said, you know, Babe Ruth's career slugging percentage was 690. You know, that's like video game stats, basically. But Babe Ruth never had to play against black players, you know? <laughs> Ty Cobb and Honus Wagner and Walter Johnson and Christy Mathewson and Lou Gehrig, you know, never played against black players. Stan Musial and Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio only played half their careers against black players and not really fully integrated either. So, you know, that that's something to take in, into consideration. So, right, because you're saying because because back even back then there was definitely black players that were as good, if not better, than some of the than the white players that yeah. they were playing against. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look up some of like, the all-time great Negro League players, whether it's Satchel Paige or Josh Gibson or Oscar Charleston or, or uh, Cool Papa Bell or like any other guys who just never had, you know, Paige had a couple opportunities, but he was like in his 40s already, you know, to play in the, in the major leagues. But those other three guys mm-hmm. I mentioned, you know, they, they, they never had that luxury, if you will, of being able to play in a fucking integrated game uh you know a lot of people have speculated that oscar charleston may have been the best player of all time but it's very hard to really quantify that because negro leagues didn't keep statistics as well as major leagues did yeah. uh you know so it's and they they played irregular seasons in terms of like the number of games and shit like that because they just weren't as well organized and you know so it's uh whenever you're doing a ranking like this it's it's really it's really weird. I mean, again, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they say they had dozens of ESPN writers and editors submitted more than 20,000 votes. See full methodology <laughs> here. I guess I should probably look at that because I didn't. Oh. Because like, like, like when AJ told me that my favorite player of all time, Dave Winfield, was on the list, I was surprised because 
while Dave Winfield is a hall, definitely a Hall of Fame player and everything, he was also somebody who was a bit more of a compiler as opposed to being somebody who was like an MVP candidate every year. So mm-hmm. the fact that he made the top 100 actually surprised me a little because you typically don't, like other lists or I've seen them rank like the, say like the top 100 players of all time or whatever, um, he doesn't typically make them. He falls a little bit just below the cut. And mm-hmm. so I was, I was a little surprised by some of the rankings on this list. Like I was definitely surprised that uh, Pedro Martinez was obviously great for the time in which he played and everything. I mean, because, you know, he had that one year where his ERA was three runs lower than the average ERA, you know, which is just like unheard of. But Pedro Martinez was not the 11th greatest player of all time. So, so Pat, if you, if you were going to incorporate, like, if you were going to do a top 10 list, where would Bonds be on your list? Would be he be in the top three, top four? Uh, definitely top five. Beyond that, I'm not okay. 100% sure. I do have to slice a little bit off of the TV suspicions, but as I've said many times over, the guy was a fucking Hall of Famer before he ever took steroids. He probably wanted to hit 762 home runs and finished with, you know, the insane amount of walks and everything, uh, you know, if he if he hadn't been taking them and everything. But he still probably would have hit – he probably would have hit 500. He probably would have hit 600 too. So He won it's, – It's not – Four – did he win four or five of his MVPs before that started? At least four, maybe five. Like he won MVPs no, – no, he, he only won three. He won mm. two in Pittsburgh, and then the first one with the Giants in 93, but he didn't win the MVP again until 2001. But then he was probably okay. doing this thing. So, and that's not to say he, sh- you know, of course, you can always have those debates about who should have and everything. And you could probably look at the st- stats and go back and look at things and say he probably should have maybe won one or two other MVPs in those time frames. Um, hey, but he, and he, so he, he only hit 50 so. home runs, he only hit over 50. Holmes once. Yeah, well, I mean, Hank yeah, two thousand one. Yeah, H- Hank Aaron never hit over yeah. fifty. You yeah, know? he just but he had plenty of seasons where he hit more than forty, and he did it for so damn long. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's like and you know, some people probably say to me, "Yeah, and Hank Aaron did it clean." It's like, well, yes, we assume Hank Aaron did it clean, but <laughs> towards the end of towards the end of Hank Aaron's career, we know that players <clears throat> start to pop amphetamines left and right, and. I'm not accusing Hank Aaron of taking amphetamines, but we don't know. Again, baseball's always – yeah. baseball is that sport that's always had every yeah. decade or every so many decades has shit that's going on in regards the to – The damn it. pill poppers and needle poking. Several several years ago when he still worked for ESPN, Bill Simmons <clears throat> wrote, a, wrote an article for the magazine where he was like trying to break down and find the era where baseball was truly clean. And I think all he came up with, I think all he came up with was from like 1988 to 1992, because he said it was like the post cocaine era pre steroid. Yeah. That's probably but about like, right. But like, but like from like everything from like 93 on, he said you have to take into account suspicion of steroids. He said like the 70s, you had the amphetamines, the early 80s, you had cocaine usage. Um, but you know, they changed the size of the mound after like the, 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 the dead ball season in 1968. Obviously, you had a, a half century where people weren't allowed to play because of their skin color and shit like that. So, yeah, baseball, anybody who wants to tell you about 
oh, I wish baseball was the way it was when blah, blah, blah. It's like, fuck you, okay? You either accept that the game changes for both good and bad or just stop fucking watching the game, you know? So, but the, the, on this list, from what I could tell, there was definitely, there's that, I mean, they had Derek, where they had Derek Jeter ranked, I think it was like 29th or so. That's that's too high for Derek Jeter. And Mariano was 31, I think. And that's probably too high for Mariano too, because he was still just a closer. Just because he was far and away the best to ever do it, doesn't mean he was the 31st greatest player in the history of the game. So um, there was a, there was a lot of like bias still. It seemed like towards uh, you know towards uh, you know like the the mythic figures, as I said, and not enough consideration given to. Uh, more recent players or even current players like they had Mike Trout ranked 15th which was nice um you know I hope he can come back from uh you know from his injury and everything and uh continue to I mean Bonds, Bonds was the highest ranked person from our lifetime everybody else mm-hmm. ahead from like the good old days so yeah the, the guy the guys ahead of Bonds from seven to one were Mantle, Gehrig, Williams, Cobb, Aaron, Mays and, and Root so yeah um yeah i mean well we'll we'll, we'll have to see where, and see, where things go and, and here's you know. my problem with, with i only have a slight problem with it because there's no way that those guys can hold on to those ranks forever like there's gotta be somebody eventually like that comes out that you could honestly say was a better overall baseball player than those three you know, you, they can't hold that spot forever. We can't hold on to nostalgia just because they were so great at their time to say that they're still the greatest of all time or, you know, they're better than the, these hundred players, you know. Like Trock can get healthy. He should be up in that. Babe, Babe Ruth. High top tens. Babe Ruth last played a baseball game 87 years ago. <laughs> okay. The golden standard. So, yes, unfortunately, when it comes to ranking baseball players, these guys who were the guys who played so long ago can consistently hold these top spots because it's just, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of in, in like, like inbound into our minds that these are the people who were the best because you kind of grew up saying that. And see, this is to kind of create like a bit of a parallel. This is something I always wonder about when it comes to movies because there's, if you follow like movies and film history and you follow like rankings that they do about the greatest films of all time, the movies that still routinely rank as the greatest films of all time are still stuff from 50 plus years ago because we get these lists all the time that consistently reinforce it. And it always makes me wonder, it's like, well, when do films from 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, start being considered as classic as those others and start being ranked as high? Well, uh, you know, you can look at you can look at like the top 250 list on the IMDb to kind of get an idea of that. But you can also totally rely on that because there's a lot of fanboyism that goes on there. I think I think uh, the most recent Spider-Man movie, I think, is currently polling in the top 20. But at the same time, they also have movies like they also have it'll, it'll fall. It'll fall. <laughs> but, you know, the Shawshank Redemption and The Godfather are the two movies that constantly seem to switch out for the number one ranking. But you'll also see, like, the Star Wars movies and the Lord of the Rings movies and The Dark Knight and Inception and some other stuff like that, like, that are ranked pretty highly on that list, which, if you ask, like, 
film scholars and historians and critics to rank, I'm sure they wouldn't rank as high. They might be on the list, but they wouldn't be as high. So it makes me wonder how like things will ever change as far as films. Like when will we say like The Dark Knight is truly one of the greatest movies of all time or whatever, or like, you know, The Lord of the Rings or The, or the Matrix <laughs> or Star Wars. So that's the thing. It's just like, will, will certain people just be too snobbish about it and say, oh, well, they're genre movies, you know, they're fantasy, they're sci-fi or they're superhero or, or whatever. And so they never really get to take the place of like the Citizen Canes and Casablancas and Godfathers and Lawrence of Arabia's and, and stuff like that. It's baseball rankings. It seems like kind of, kind of sort of works the same way. And, and it's going to, we can even parallel that to wrestling where at what point <clears throat> does a Seth Rollins or a Kenny Omega or somebody like that permeate a top 25 of all time. At some point, some of these guys that are wrestling now have mm-hmm. to start coming up in those discussions too. So yeah, if they're, especially yeah, if their yeah. careers start to parallel like some of the greats that are out there. And that's what I mean, like with baseball, there's got to be somebody that – and I don't – you know, ba- no baseball like, like Pat does. But there's got to be somebody even – I don't want to say current, but within the last 20, 30 years that has to parallel Babe Ruth's kind of career or Hank Aaron's career – and what they were able to do to say that, okay, they could be in the argument as one of the top three best players to ever play the game. Barry Bonds is that person. Like Barry Bonds is that person in our lifetime. So, yeah, I mean, the the guys are problem with steroids. That's the whole big thing. Yeah. The guys who have been close to that would be the guy Bonds and Griffey and Albert Pujols and Mike Trout. And Mm -hmm. I guess maybe you could throw Yeah. I could throw Clemens in there. I guess he could maybe throw like Miguel Cabrera in there, but, um, you know, the, the game is also harder now than it was then. And it's not just because of integration. Um, you know, the sk- schedules are, uh, you know, longer. Uh, travel travel is much more um, lengthy. You know, bef- before, you know, 1957, you didn't have any teams west of St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, uh, guy, I mean, guys are harder. It's like, you know, uh, the – former Yankees pitchers now with the Red Sox at Adam Ottavino, he made that statement a couple of years ago, which some people took <coughs> to be this big controversy when he said that he'd strike out Babe Ruth every time he faced him. And, <laughs> That's a pretty bold statement. Well, yeah. well, nobody threw as hard back then. Nobody, there wasn't the variety of pitches back then. No. Guys, guys, through in those days until their arms fell off because you know if you didn't go out and throw nine innings they thought something was wrong with you you know Very much and guys probably all and i don't think like the you know we we talk about load management in basketball there's that to a certain extent in baseball but it's also i think mostly made out of like well we know this guy's got an injury history so we're going to give him like a day off today because we need him for the whole season kind of thing well, but they do also, load management per game with pitch counts now. Right, it's a well, yeah. it's a pitch count yeah. load management now. Right, but that's also based on the on the because they've crunched all the numbers repeatedly, and they show this this guy loses his effectiveness starting here, you know, or like they said, like you know, you can't let a guy go three times through an order anymore because it's like the first time through the order they can't hit him, the second time through the order they you know they're a little bit better against them, but you know, still not that great. The third time through the order, they hit video game numbers off of them. So shit like that. But, and like, you know, you hear all the times, of course, about, you know, guys blow out their shoulders, guys blow out their elbows. 
you got to think that back in the day when the medical technology was not as advanced, the guys were probably pitching through torn, through torn rotator cuffs or through <laughs> torn elbow ligaments and shit like that. Yeah. Well, obviously, they're not going to be as effective. And obviously, that's going to make it easier for, for the batters and everything. So, you know, that's just the thing. It's like where it's like, it's like I love looking at war as a stat to try to get like a like a comparison, but I also know where you got to like you know discount it, and um, mm-hmm. you know it's, it's it's just hard because again, there's so much about the past that we just don't know and can't know, and even today, there's stuff that we don't know and can't know because if the team and the player won't necessarily be forthcoming about something, um, you know, they're sure. like. Uh, like DJ, like, okay, for AJ and I, DJ LeMahieu plays for our team, the Yankees, and his year last year was not as good as his first two years with the Yankees. Well, I guess finally a couple of weeks ago, he said that he was playing through a groin injury the entire friggin' year. So if he wasn't 100% healthy, well, that kind of explains why his home run power went down or why his batting average went down and everything, because he wasn't fully healthy. We didn't know that during the season, though. They never said it. So... Yeah, that's enough baseball. Too much. I should should have brought it up. Well, no. So I just want to kind of put something out here. We were talking about Barry Bonds, and um, you know, could he be in this discussion and, and legitimately be in discussion of like one of the greatest to ever play the game of baseball? And how many MVPs do you guys think he had? Six. He yeah, won, he won seven. Yeah, he won seven. Okay. What was the thing that you said he had three of? No, he won three before he started. Oh, three before. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he supposedly started taking steroids after seeing the way that everybody adored the 98 home run chase between yep. McGuire and Sosa. And he supposedly wanted to get all that love and admiration. Attention. So he supposedly started started taking the steroids. They they figure around 99. Yeah. Um, but he won the, he'd won the MVPs in 90, 92, and 93. The first two with Pittsburgh and the last one there was San Francisco. Yeah, so he had seven MVPs, 12 Silver Slugger awards, uh, 14 All-Star selections, and holds a whole bunch of batting records, including most home runs, uh, most home runs in a season, and most career walks. So it's kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, and he won a bunch of gold gloves, too. Yeah. So he was a he was a very good defensive player. And he well. had a he had a 40-40 or 50-50 season too. So I yeah. think he did 50-50. I think he had 50 home. Or no, I know he did 40-40 for sure. He, he, did, he, did, he, he did 40-40 in 1996. Yeah. So just crazy. Oh, man. So. We can talk we about Boba. Yeah, let's talk about Boba Fett. So we all got to see all the episodes of Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett. I mean, oh, man, I did. It's it's It was three episodes. Four episodes of Boba Fett and two episodes of The Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, <I> was, <laughs> yeah, the last two episodes, like you see very, very little I'm of the upset. Boba Fett. I'm not upset because I feel like maybe during The Mandalorian, we're going to get some Boba Fett. I, I feel like we could get that during The yeah. Mandalorian. It's a very good possibility that they're going to do some cross integration of those two series. Is that this a word? A, Did that sound so? <laughs> sounded weird this, when I said it. <laughs> This episode was complete fan service to see Luke and Grogu and Ashoka. Like this was complete fan service. This last episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and we said this when they did the Mandalorian, John Favreau is the right person to be part of this project 
because you can tell he's like a fan of the of Star Wars itself. He's a fan of storytelling and telling good stories. That's why the ones that he was part of as far as like the Marvel Universe stories were much better than some of the other ones that we've seen, you know. And, and Star Wars knows, like Disney knows, Grogu is merchandise. Like that that child thing is merchandise. That's their their cash cow. So they're like, we got to get him in an episode here because <laughs> people want to see him. Yeah. So I I gotta say, you know, Luke does that 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 mind thing where he's like, let me help you remember, blah blah blah. <laughs> you know. And all I can think oh, of is man. like, like, why could you show us who saved them? But no, we're gonna <laughs> hold that off to the Mandalorian season, probably. <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, like, I, it reminded me of uh, one of you the. You know where he was, so. Yeah, it and it really reminded me of. Um, there's an anime that I watched that there's a person that can like help heal minds and stuff like that. I forget which anime it is anymore, but, um, but it reminded me of that. But it was cool to see that he was like they say he's about fifty years old. So it makes sense that he was there when the Clone Wars was happening and yeah. like Order 66 yeah. was given. <laughs> so was he cool was in the when, temple. It was cool when he was, when Luke was making him jump or whatever. I thought that part was cool. When like, yeah, looking like a frog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Jumping like a frog. And when, 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 foreshadowing. The Nicole's like, when, when he pulled out the armor, Nicole's and he, Nicole's like, it's going to be a lightsaber. I'm like, it sure is. <laughs> <laughs> Not just any lightsaber. It was Yoda's lightsaber. But it's just funny. He's it, like, yeah. you don't he get to see to him choose. Lightsaber. Like, you're like, oh, I got to turn in the next week because now I got to find out which one he yeah. picks. <laughs> he has to pick a lightsaber, right? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. He has a very, I'm, like, they're playing in the detachment thing. They're, pl- they're playing yeah. the attachment you know, he's got that. Just give that, him the damn armor and the lightsaber. Fuck it. Yeah, let him have like, both. Why? How cool would that be? A Jedi that can't be killed by getting a gut shot? That part of it, too, is, you know, Luke is obviously at this point still following that Jedi dogma about, you know, he can't have attachments and everything, which you would have thought <laughs> that with what happened in the original trilogy (laughs) Luke wouldn't have that frame of mind but (laughs) we've got to work this into where Luke ends up in the sequel trilogy where he's this bitter old fuck because he got attachment because he failed and he figures that he failed because he was too dogmatic and everything. And he didn't see what was going on with his nephew. Or he didn't like show the appropriate amount of like, you know, I guess like warmth or good feeling to his nephew that he should have or blah, blah, blah. That's a part that really still needs to be explored at some point in, in, in Star Wars, you know. And, and that's that's the thing just overall. Eventually, they're always like filling in the holes, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they've they've started they've they filled in holes like you know with the Clone Wars series of the prequel trilogy to begin with. They've started to fill in holes between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy with stuff like Rebels and the Bad Batch. Now, mm-hmm. now we're filling in holes between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, and it seems like we're going to keep doing that. But it's like at some point. 
you're probably going to have to get caught up to the sequel trilogy. It was kind of cool to, I don't know a lot about Cad Bane, but it was cool to see him. Oh, oh yeah, that was I mean, badass. I was like, he, yeah, he, he's one of the best inventions uh, of a character that didn't come from the movie uh, by far. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's like the cold blooded killer. So yeah, between he, him yeah, and, he, and um, the other guy. Yeah, he is the guy who truly has absolutely no allegiance to anybody or anything. It's all about uh, the money. I mean, yeah, he's just totally about, you know, for the right price, you know. Yeah. Who who's who's in charge of the Pike Syndicate? Is it gonna be Darth Maul or not? It can't be Darth Maul. He's dead. I thought it in the cartoon though, I or he died then. Okay. He's dead. Yeah. He got killed by Obi Wan and Rebels. That was before the original trilogy. This was post original yeah. trilogy. Yeah, Dark he was. Yeah, he was dead. Dead. Um, I, I wouldn't I, surprise I me. It wouldn't surprise me if the if they show that the huts are still behind it. Um, I don't know that you necessarily need to have some big bad reveal either. But uh, there uh, might be though. Well, there's. Well, I, I just got some comic them. books today that uh, might indicate where they might be going with it. So I, I'm I going thought, to read those I, later. I thought I heard talk about um, Amelia Clark's character from Solo, but you know, Sophie, right? Sophie? is that her? Was her name Sophie or? I don't, I don't remember, remember what her name was, but she'd be old. No. She'd, uh, she, uh, it doesn't matter. She'd be old, but yeah. yeah. This would be like about 10, 15 years after Solo. So. I, I don't know, but I mean, I, I thought I heard something about like that they were going to use her again. I also, of course, you know, we, we've heard that Harrison Ford has done stuff again, but it's like, all I can say at this point is if they somehow pigeonhole a DH Han Solo into it, <laughs> it's not going to, it's not going to be, not going to be great. It's like, yeah, we all want to see that, but it's not going to work. I like seeing Ahsoka uh, and Luke Skywalker together. That was that was cool. Yeah, I'd like to see that again too. But again, it really shouldn't have been in this series. Uh, Kira was her okay. character. Yeah. From Solo. I, I I thought it was funny when Ahsoka was like, "You're just like your father," and I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> it was like a weird <laughs> reference to that. I was like, "Ah, the good old days before he turned into Vader." Yep. yep. Yeah, it's just so crazy <laughs> because how old? Like, how old is Ahsoka now? Like, she's like she's old. <laughs> Like, but it's, they were, it's just one of the it's one of those species, like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, she's she, got a, yeah, her, her species, I guess, just doesn't age as fast as, as human, you know, so. right? Because she's a teenager when Anakin eventually turns, at least they make her appear to be a teenager yeah, when he turns, young. yeah, yeah, and so now it's. it's this is like what, 20, be 20 like 30 20, years later, 20, 20, <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it's like 25 to 30 years after. I mean, there is an official timeline out there, if you will, somewhere. I just, I've never cared that much to memorize it because. I still just think it's cool that Rosario Dawson's playing, you know, that character. Yeah. It's like the perfect person to play Ahsoka. No, not according to, not, not according to everybody. Well, those people can bite my ass. Else. Well, no, it's like, there's still like, you know, so many people who were like whining that they didn't, get the woman who did her voice and all the the series and everything yeah, but, who cares, but who honestly cares yeah, about no, that no, like, I'm, like, I'm like number one she's really a voice actress she's not as mu- really i don't know that i've ever seen her in that much live action stuff and two i said i don't think that she could look enough like ahsoka 
you know, so. Yeah. They could have yeah, done a lot I, of makeup always, on her. They would have made her look like Ahsoka. Yeah, I've, I've always been fine with with uh, Rosario Dawson playing the character. So, yeah, yeah. You need actors and actresses yeah. to play the and parts it, of these people, not just the, oh, well, I want to hear the original voice. I don't give a shit yeah. what you want. <laughs> yeah, so, see, like, you know, with Cad Bane, they were able to do that because yeah. since he's so, so heavily in makeup and everything anyway – you know, it's a stunt performer that's playing him. And then they got Corey Burton, who's one of the most prolific voice actors out there. And the original voice of Cad Bane, he can still do Cad Bane's voice. And everything. Yeah, it felt like it wasn't uh, the only thing I could say about Cad Bane's voice. I don't feel like I felt it in the cartoons. It was like a little bit more like, I don't want to say raspy, but had like a weird like thing to it, like a gurgle or something to it. It, it had a bit more of an electronic uh, yeah. to it. Uh, which I always thought was because of those things. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's one more episode left, so I'm, I'm curious to see where they go. Yeah, they've got to have the battle. they got to start that battle. They've been talking about it for three episodes yeah. now. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> At the same I point, like you know, the, uh, who is behind the, the crime syndicate and the Pikes? Is they being paid by somebody else, or are they just doing it on their own? They're the spice yeah, runners, them dirty, dirty dogs. The, uh, the, the length Damn of the episode will, will, will be interesting. I'm worried that they're going to have too much ground to cover. I'm worried that they're going to pigeonhole too much into it. Maybe we'll get a two-hour uh, episode. I doubt we're going that far. So that'd be cool. <laughs> Joe's um, like, yeah. They, <laughs> hey, they, 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 they did an hour and a half with the Bad Batch. Yeah, they could do an hour and a half with this. I was going to say, like, if they were going to do a two-hour episode, though, I mean, like, that would have really just been like two episodes. But my, my biggest worry, really, is that they bring Cad Bane in just to get him killed. And it's like, that can't happen for a few reasons. And the one, the, the biggest one being Cad Bane just always gets away. I mean, he always constantly got away. He, from does. he always got away from <laughs> Obi-Wan and Anakin and, and whatever Jedi he went up against in the Clone mm -hmm. Wars. So if you're going to have, I know he's Boba Fett and everything, but if you're going to have Boba Fett be able to take him out or whatever, that's going to, suck a little so um nice to see that boba fett's completely heard healed from being in the bacta tanks yeah. <laughs> as, healed, as, as healed as he can be i guess but yeah i mean obviously they need to have boba fett do some badass stuff and everything and i have no idea if they intend to do a second season of this show or not um i feel like they could if they wanted to i think they, I think they probably will and only because again while i've liked I mean, it took a little while for them to kind of get going with some of the stuff, like doing like the parallel, like flashbacks and the mm. present day stuff for him. But then to have basically made the last two episodes, you know, season 2.5 of The Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, really, it's, it's, it's been to the detriment of the show that we're supposed to have been watching. So it's it's almost in a way like, well, there's so many parts of the sequel trilogy that I like, but as a whole, the trilogy just doesn't work. You know, so it's like, I'm worried that, well, there's so many elements of this show that I like, but as a whole show, it doesn't work because you did this big deviation and everything. So. Yeah, I, I agree. They did deviate from Boba Fett too much. Yeah, it's like, they could have, obviously they could have brought Din Djarin back into all of this, you know, to have him like help Boba Fett out. But they didn't need to do anything with with Grogu right now, unless and like I said, everyone, yeah, he's like a he's a, he's a money maker, he's a merchandise mover, and everything. And 
I guess they felt like they had to reassure people that he'll be in season three of The Mandalorian. Uh, so I think that's what a lot of people are worried about. Maybe two of the episodes in The Mandalorian are going to be about Boba Fett. They could overlap into there, too. So they could do it that way there. So I'd be surprised, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah, they should so start. I think they're going to start filming Mandalorian next month. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see the Obi Wan series before we see Mandalorian. Obviously, that's in a different time frame, but yeah, uh, that'll be Mandalorian. If filming heard, goes properly, like they said, that we should see Mandalorian by the end of the year. Yeah, I've heard rumors about April, May for the uh, the Obi Wan series. I think oh, it's, it's so be long. May. It's so far away. It'll be here be before you, it'll, it'll be here before you know it. I can't believe I'm through five weeks of tax season already. Listen, so. I need my Obi Wan Caboner soon. All right, and. <laughs> Pat, I, Pat, I, uh, don't you have a wife to handle and help you? Pat, I, oh, damn, I, I don't need to know your reproductive troubles. She doesn't want to touch his lightsaber uh, these days. I filed my federal income tax on the first day and I got it in a week. That's, oh. uh, that, that's actually pretty impressive. So, no, it is. Nicole had just said that day. We probably won't see it for like two more weeks because like, I think they're going to be behind. And then that day, I got they're, it. They're, they're, they're very much behind. So there must not have been a lot they had to really verify with, with your return, which, which that's not. good. That, that's, that's good. But the, yeah, the, the IRS is a complete mess still and probably will be going forward. So it's, it's partially because of the pandemic. It's also, <laughs> it's, it's also much more because of uh, they just don't get the amount of. Uh, they're severely underfunded. Yes, they, they really don't. I mean, it's like, you know, everybody hates the IRS and everything. It's like, you know, the people who work for the IRS, they're just regular people. You know, they yeah. don't make the, the people who work at the IRS are not the people who make the fucking tax laws. Those are just cocksuckers in Congress. You know, so um, <laughs> how yeah. do we keep more money for ourselves and make everybody else poorer? <laughs> uh-huh. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, well, when, 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 when companies. When, when, when they write legislation with, uh, you know, all those big uh, lobbying deposits from, like, you know, the banks and the financial industry in their pockets, you know, yeah, that's how. <laughs> so uh, we, we, that's we enough can, politics. So. We can talk about wrestling. No, we cannot Why? talk about wrestling. Oh, yeah, we well, can. <laughs> I want to say, I, I, here's all I'm going to say about wrestling for right now. Uh-huh. I have said, of course, that I refuse to watch the Saudi shows, you know, the blood money shows. <laughs> And last night they gave me even more reason to skip it again. You're right, they did because they brought Goldberg back. Oh my god! They piped. And Nicole's like, Nicole's like, they got to be piping Chanson. I'm like, they 100 are piping Chanson. So for the Goldberg, does anybody give a shit about seeing Goldberg anymore at this point? He's come back enough where it's now lost its. But and he lost his hat. But 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 but. This is his last. This is his last match for his contract. And the people over well, there, there, you go. They, the people. Well, reason to why? Well, cheer for him. The people yes. over there will for him. So, so there's well, two they're going to cheer One, for any wrestler because they don't get it like but they love we do, the old guys. Though, yeah. But, so this is his last match for his contract that he signed. Plus, they want to just throw Roman in there because that's what was supposed to be at WrestleMania, what two years ago, almost two years ago now. So they're just doing this. He's going to lose. I'd be shocked if he wins. They're not going to no, go that route. I just feel bad for Roman because 
after the Undertaker Goldberg debacle in Saudi Arabia, I wouldn't want to wrestle Goldberg. Yeah, that match is go, probably go, not go. even going to be five minutes. Go, go, Goldberg. Lucky if it's that. Well, wait. No, you wait. No, there is. A- Hold up. <laughs> There is a way Goldberg could win. Oh, Jesus Christ. And that's because Brock's in that Elimination Chamber match, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he could win that match, win the title then, and they could still do Brock Roman at WrestleMania. They're not going to do Goldberg, though, at WrestleMania. Like, Joe's right yeah. about the contract. He's, he's contracted yeah. for match. Yeah. He's, he, yeah, he has contracts I, I, for I, matches. I, I, uh, yeah, I'm not saying I expect that to happen. I'm just, I just came up with a way where it could. Oh, yeah, it definitely could. But I just – they might want it over there, but no one wants it in the United States. <laughs> That's for damn sure. And and then – so, like, Monday, I was, like, super excited because Ronda won the Rumble, and then she came out and cut an awful promo. It was so bad. She did, a mu- <laughs> she did much better. She did better last night, so she got better – but that promo Monday night was abysmal. They're like, Lita, get out there. They're like, this is bad. Get out there and, and rescue this segment. So, like, Rhonda completely shit the bed Monday night when she came out on the mic. She looked like she had no idea what she was doing. She looked so, very disinterested. Like, she yeah. didn't even want to do the promo. Like, last night, she did fine. I mean, Charlotte still shit on her. But she did fine. Like, when you, you can't get in the ring with Charlotte with a microphone in your hand and, and shit the bed because she'll eat you for dinner. <laughs> well, you is, know what? I don't think to, they're to, expecting her to do that anyway. It's Rhonda. She's not to, the greatest to be, on the mic. To, she to needs be to be fair, short and simple. To be fair to Rhonda, I can definitely see where she could have thought in her mind, wait a minute, they just sent me out here to come out and say, I'm making my decision. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. That's ridiculously yeah. stupid. They just wanted to get her on TV again. I know that what that why they did it. So and then they didn't they, have to. They wanted her on TV fine, but they could have played that promo out way different. The whole segment could have been done differently. To be honest. So, but Charlotte still got her when Charlotte was like, "This is my baby, and it's prettier than your baby." When she was holding the title up, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, you know, if you want to have that mommy versus mommy match, you know. <laughs> Go uh, ahead and I fight guess, Becky Lynch. I guess that means that Ronda's got to be the face if they're truly having yeah. to be a face. I mean, I mean, the promo last night, Charlotte was clearly the heel. Yeah. So. I really don't think they give a shit with, with Ronda coming back. She's a face or a heel or a tweener. They're just going to have the match. She's going to win. Yeah, well, I mean, again, that's that seems to be just what they, they're doing anymore. I mean, again, that the Rumble, you basically had, you know, um, you basically had three title matches, which were really, when it came right down to it, they were, sorry, they were really all heel versus heel. You know, Rollins, when you come right down to it, Rollins, Reigns, Lashley, Lesnar, and Becky Dewdrop, it was really all heel yep. versus heel. Yeah, none, Lesnar, none, none, of, none, of, none of them had done a full fledged face turn. Lesnar, so. yeah, Lesnar's still playing more of a face, though. Yeah, he's but still because Heyman was back with him. You still had kind of really had to consider him a heel just because, yeah, obviously the way the match played out. <laughs> so yeah. M- Meltzer actually 
uh, shit on the Royal Rumble. He actually gave the both Royal Rumble matches like two stars, and I'm like, wow, this that Royal Rumble was kind of a shit show. Yeah, the Royal Rumble itself, I... the matches were not great, but I never expect them to be great because the Royal Rumbles, they're 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 always booked pretty terribly. I know this one was bad, was worse than normal though. Like this, and it's it's. Than- and if you just watch it, there's going to be certain guys that come in and they get their like finisher on seven guys, and or there's going to be the random guy that comes in, usually a big guy that throws out six people, or you know, uh, and it's a lot of punching and kicking. Like there's not like a lot of moves because there's too many people in the ring half the time. So yeah, you know, they're they're shit shows most of the time, anyways. I mean, they're fun to to for the fact of watching guys get thrown out, and you're like, you hope your guy, the guy that you want to win, wins. And you the surprise, but they yeah. just like that. That pay per view was a C minus or a D plus to me. And if Rollins and Roman wasn't a good match, that that could have easily been a D pay per view for sure for me. So well, I, I would have given the say, men's. Joe? I was just going to give the men's match a two. I would have given the women's a three. Here, yeah, three and a quarter. I, I'll I'll kind of say this. I mean, the Royal Rumble match can't be a great match. I know. Yeah. You know. It has to be entertaining, though, and it has to be in some ways like satisfying as to like with who the winner is. The women's match was at least, I guess you could say, satisfying as to who the winner was. The men's match was boring. It was predictable. It was obvious. And they didn't do anything with a lot of the storylines to advance some of the ones right. in there. Right. right. They, 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 they didn't Very have few. They didn't have like the what? moment where they, they didn't have the like, whoa, look at this guy moment. Um, they didn't have the like uh like the elevation of uh, of a mid-card guy moment. Um did Kofi I'm get fired after I, I, he I, screwed I, up? No, but no. That, that shouldn't be what we, that shouldn't be what we remember from the Rumble, and that's what people remember. Kofi botching right. his spot. Right. What what I, what I'm saying, what I'm really just trying to say here is. I'm surprised Meltzer gave it two stars. I don't think the men's rumble match was worth two stars. And what the fuck? And, and like looking back, why is Shane McMahon and Bad yeah. Bunny the top? Why are those two like one of the last five in the match that made that, last five, last five, six? That, 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 that's acidine. We know, we know now. For, we know Shane went into business for himself now. So yeah. that, but yeah, that, that is, just that makes that no is, sense. The, the Shane and Bad Bunny stuff. No offense to Bad Bunny. He does um, good. He 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 he, yeah. he really wants to do it. Right. Kudos to him. He should, not, him he, should, he, he should not be in the final six of a Royal Rumble match. No. So, absolutely not. Um, I'm gonna do it like Shane this. <laughs> you're, the, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're the Roman Emperor of gladiators. <laughs> um, but no, the, the Shane and Bad Bunny stuff is the primary reason why their men's Royal Rumble match sucks. I mean, you you really just there's other things, but yeah, that's 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 I, thing. Those, and no I get way. it. They want to have awful. And I and I get it. They want to have celebrities in it. Who was the other celebrity that was in it? Was there two celebrities not, in the men's? Not, 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 so, I, and I get it. But you can't, in my personal opinion, two celebrities in one match is too much for a Royal Rumble. Like yeah, they could have like used is- anybody else. Besides Cesaro. John Knoxville or anybody else besides Bad Bunny, Cesaro for Christ's sake. Yeah, like, 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 on, like, seriously. Like when they did Drew Carey in the Royal Rumble, 
that was entertaining enough. They have him just, you know, kind of get in the ring and the Hardy boys throw themselves out. And then so Drew Carey's in the ring by himself. And so who's the next entrant? Well, Kane, of course, you know, and Lawler <laughs> either made some comment or Lawler or JR made some comment about, I wonder if the color of Drew's shorts just changed, you know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, they, they did a spot where it yeah, looked like a little different. Kane was going to try to choke slam him. And, but then like the next guy came out and hit Kane in the back, or whatever. And then Drew, like, you know, hopped over the rope and eliminated himself. Gave him a little bit of a publicity for he had something going on at the time. It didn't last long. It didn't take forever. You know, it was a totally self-confined spot in the match. Done. You know, that's all it took. And I said it during the Royal Rumble. Bad Bunny should not be eliminating anybody in a Royal Rumble. Like that's you put celebrities in there to get beat up and get thrown out, in my personal opinion, for a Royal Rumble. They should not be eliminating the the pro wrestlers because in like I said, in my personal opinion, that takes away from the credibility of the actual pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get what you're saying with that. WWE doesn't really give a shit about. Well, no, so. it's the money machine, the money train. Well, yeah, we saw how much they made over a billion dollars this year, or whatever that they were there no, last year. So. A billion. Yeah, I said a billion. Oh, I, I, thought, I heard. I heard. I heard no. One billion. Oh, one billion dollars. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like that they they eclipsed a billion dollars in revenue, which of course is not the same as profit, but. Right. Um. Yeah, you made a billion dollars, and you fired how many fucking wrestlers? Mm-hmm. So we can we can go to Wednesday night, which we saw a main event that was a little bit longer than it needed to be. But CM Punk put MJF over in Chicago, which was the right decision. So forty minutes. That forty minutes. Damn, that's long for a main event yeah. on any wrestling this program. Is, I like MJF. MJF's not Brian Danielson or Adam Cole or Kenny Omega. He's not the guy that should be in a 40-minute match. And this is not CM Punk from 20 years ago. This yeah. is an older CM Punk. Neither of those guys, the match could have been a half hour, and it could have served its purpose. I don't know why that match was 40 minutes. It's like AEW thinks this match is a big main event type match, so we have to make it longer just for that reason, and it just didn't need to be 40 minutes. Joe texted. He's like, main event starting already? What? Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> I was like, it was like nine, was it nine, whatever. 9.15. Like yeah, 9.15, and like, the main event, and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? That was, yeah. I'm like, man. Without yeah. having without having uh, seen the match yet, I, I do intend to, to watch it. Um, I, I think what AJ was saying there is pretty much spot on. I think it's AEW's way of kind of selling to you while you're watching it. <laughs> uh, this is an important match because we're giving it all this time. And it was down, there was a lot of downtime in the match, and it's because MJF isn't he's like the Miz, MJF, he's not going to ever do anything super crazy. And CM Punk's not 25 or 30 anymore. So it was the, the and MJF really beat him twice. So like he really beat him twice in the same night because but he cheated the first, but he cheated both times. He got caught. Yeah, cheated, cheated both first times. Time. So, but when he didn't win the first time, I'm like, this is going to be bullshit if he doesn't win because they already did that with Jericho and MJF at All Out. So like, I'm like, I I, I still believed MJF was going to win that match. So it was interesting yeah. that. 
that Wardlow got involved in it though and helped MJF win. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> I mean, they, they paced the pacing was fine for what they had to do <clears throat> to tell their story and the pacing. So I mean, but it was just <clears throat> it was one of those things like, man. Nine forty-five. This any idea? <laughs> I'm like shit. It, 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 it was it was one of those things like what? Like I was watching it, but it was like no, damn. I just wanted you. I just wanted you to make that noise again. No, what? What? Uh, like somebody? No, not that noise. Like, <laughs> like the first match was was Moxley fighting. Uh, what's his name from the best friends because Brian Kendrick was supposed to fight in that match. And then, <laughs> Oh yes. And uh, Darth Pat let us know that Brian Kendrick is now a piece of shit and made some very <laughs> anti-Semitic remarks. So um, yeah. And here's the thing. I don't know exactly what the anti-Semitic remarks he made were because the, the article that I found that said that they were pulling him off the show and everything didn't republish him. And really that's, that's fine. I really don't need to know what it was he said. So I kind of like scrolled down to the comment section of that article and people were saying that it was just like, it, it like started off as a one thing and it was kind of like a snowball rolling down the hill where then it just became like all these other just like completely bizarre and completely, you know, horrible things. And then I guess he issued like a, um, an apology. Go eat a dick. And I think in his apology, <laughs> he said something to the effect of like, these are Fair not my apology. Views these are not my views anymore or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> no changed in I'm 48 sorry. hours. <laughs> well, no, these, these were like the, the, the things that he said, I guess were supposedly from year, like years ago. Yes. Which kind of makes you wonder why they hired him in the first place. And since the shit was out there and why WWE was still employing him too. But, um, the things that he said, again, according to people in the comment section of these articles, are, and I would probably agree with this too, if you ever had that thought at some point in your life to begin with, why should we ever take your word to say that those aren't your opinions or whatever now? So it's just a totally fucked up situation. Oh, so that AEW definitely did the right thing by deciding to get rid of them. So that first match was Peace. a replacement that... that, that the part of that match that ended up being good was after the match was over when Brian Danielson came down and he's pitching Moxley to be a tag team with him, which I actually am okay with if they do that. Like if they put the two of them in a tag team and let them win the tag belts, that's fine. But I just think it's funny because during Danielson's promo was really good. And a lot of the stuff he was saying Moxley made sense, but he did say something about hey, we need to get rid of some of the dumb shit here in AEW. And then right after the commercial break, or 10 minutes later, Brandy Rhodes is out in the ring with the microphone. No! <laughs> oh, right on cue. Right on cue. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm intrigued by Brian, uh, by yes. uh, yes. Danielson, Danielson and Moxley, like, forming their own stable yeah. and maybe maybe picking a couple of the guys who AEW does see something in and they, they do something like, or it's almost like a mentorship kind of thing. Um, that that would actually be uh, in, intriguing to me. Um, at the same, and especially if it's like they're going to go after some people who kind of don't belong there anymore. Um, but yeah, I I again I didn't see the show, but I was like reading some of the recaps, and Dan Lambert was getting cheered over Brandy. I yes. mean. When, when that happens, it's like you need to read the fucking room already. 
that that segment was funny because Dan Lambert is funny. So, and, but Brandy's like, what, Nicole? I already did. But like, he did. Dan Lambert did say something to her about her fake bulldogs in her shirt. <laughs> nice. There was there was some. And she was an announcer with WWE, promo. wasn't she? Was like the ring announcer at one point in time, right? I feel like. Um, I think she did something like that. Yeah. Look, look, or was a valet. <laughs> I mean, this is. I can't remember. I, I don't really know exactly what the the term would be for it, but she's like the entertainment world's equivalent of a gold digger. She really, she she really is. I mean, she has no discernible talent Body? for she has no discernible talent for wrestling. That's for one thing. Now, as yes. far as being as far as being a personality or anything, I mean, you know, maybe who knows, you know, that's something that you could still kind of work on, but you know, a certain podcast that I listened to that reviews AEW, they were talking about her promo from, it, it wouldn't have been this past week's, uh, you know, but I think the week before where they said that, well, there was that one time about a year ago where she gave a promo that was really well received. So they basically had her go out and try to do that exact same promo again. And this time it didn't work because everybody was wise to it, you know. So I, I don't know. It's like they they just need I'm, to turn they just need to turn Cody and Brandy heel already, or or I mean, or or maybe, and this might be a revolutionary thought, or maybe. If he truly doesn't have a contract with the company anymore, get rid of him. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. No, I mean she insulted my city by saying it was she's well, well, you know, glad to be in Cleveland. No, 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 no. Don't ever associate the city of Chicago with Cleveland. <laughs> Never. Wait, did she really say that? Yes. Oh, I don't know if she was meant. I don't know if it was meant to be because she was being, you know, trying to be a hero or whatever, but she had yeah, a Hulk Hogan she... moment. She didn't know where the hell she was in the <laughs> silver dome. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, uh... I mean, I, 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 if she's matched up with Dan Lambert, she's supposed to be the face. So yeah. So she, wow. That's wow. Yep. You had to be in Cleveland. No dipshit. You're in Chicago. Not Cleveland. Yeah, I don't even think you can pair because the Windy City has some like really good things that people can say about it. I don't I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything great about Cleveland. No offense, Cleveland. I just I, just, I've never personally heard anybody be like, dude, you gotta go to Cleveland because they have this, or you can go do this. I've heard seen I mean, people say about Chicago. Ask Joe, go ask Joakim Noah, he'll tell you all about Cleveland. <laughs> the, the 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 rock and roll hall of fame is there. And I'm not gonna. Yeah, it's, it's that's day. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I'm just. You, know, just you just to kind of sidebar real quickly. They uh, they just revealed the uh, the the nominations for this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Did you see who one of the acts was? I saw that they released it, but I didn't go look at it. I yet. saw some. Well, somebody on TikTok did the thing, and they were upset about it because I think like Dion Warwick was one of them, or some shit like well, that. Yeah, she she is, but she's been nominated before. But now Eminem's on the list of nominees this year. Oh yeah, that was the one he was upset about. And this is this is this is Why? the first year. This is the first year that he's uh, 
that he's been eligible, but you know they've exp- they've they very much expanded with the definition of rock and roll hall of fame. There's plenty of rap packs in now, so I I fully expect that he'll get in. So you know, well yeah, and that's yeah, the thing. I mean, like they got to they, they really really need they need to rename it. They need to call it like the music hall of fame instead yeah. of rock and roll hall of fame because it's no longer just rock and roll. Like there's too many yeah. genres out there that they include as possible candidates now. So just call it the hall, the music hall of fame instead. You know, like it wasn't really until they started inducting rap acts that that really became an, an issue. Really, I mean, it, like yeah, I mean, but is D. Walt Warwick really a rock and roll artist? Uh, she was. She was very much pop, and you know, there's there's other R&B. Yeah, you know, pop R and B kind of from the '60s. I mean, you can say the same thing about like the the uh, like the Temptations or the Four Tops or. Like, you know, the yeah, Supreme they're not rock and roll. They were close enough to it and back in that day and everything. So that's, you know, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, you could almost, you know, say as much like because they've been very, uh, they've been very sensitive to uh, trying to be more uh, diverse in terms of, uh, you know, gender uh, and, and, and inducting, uh, you know, female acts over the last few years. So they put in like, you know, like like Whitney Houston and Tina Turner and Janet Jackson and and some of those people. And it's like, oh, and Dolly Parton's in there too. She's definitely not a rock and roll act. She's a country. Who that? Dolly, Dolly Parton's Parton. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, no, she 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 she's one of the nominees this year. Oh, she's one of the nominees this year. I apologize. Right. And I don't and I don't think she's ever been. I don't think she's ever been nominated before. But yeah, so like that would make it weird. And somebody might say, well, Johnny Cash is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So yeah, but. Johnny Cash was a little was a little hard to Oof. quantify just to, to, to one genre. I mean, obviously he was more country than anything else, but he also did a lot of what would be considered like like rockabilly. So yeah. right. Speaking well, he of did music, do a, I... he did a song with uh what was it? Nine inch nails. Yeah, nine inch nails like did a redo of his one of the songs. Yeah, on the that last he sang. album. The last album that they released before he passed away, he's had a couple of posthumous albums released. He did he did the cover of the Nine Inch Nails song "Hurt," which became like a big thing with with the video and everything. So, well, and Rusty, what, what Rusty was it? Rusty Cage. I have the damn song. Yeah, he did, he did a cover of Rusty Cage, some Soundgarden song. Mm-hmm. He, like he did That's like right, a lot of. Yeah, he did a lot of interesting covers towards the uh, towards the end of his career. He did like a cover of like uh, Simon and Garfunkel's "Bridge Over Troubled Water." He did a cover of the Beatles and "My Life." So. There was a lot of stuff that he did towards the end of his career. So I went to yeah, take was, the dog outside. You guys stopped talking about wrestling. Jesus, I was gone for like three minutes. No, I just that's we, what we I, do. We just sidebarred because we we're talking about Brandy Rhodes saying Cleveland instead of Chicago, and we're saying what is there to we were saying, what is there to do in Cleveland? And I kind of sheepishly said, "Well, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is there." So. That's it. I mean, I mean, speaking <laughs> of music, I, I when I was watching the hockey All Star games today, um which Vegas hosted two all-star games this weekend. But anyway, I'm sitting there and they have intermission and then my ears started bleeding as the <laughs> performer they had for the all-star games was Machine Gun Kelly. And I was like, fuck this. Let's change this <laughs> shit so I can watch the Olympics. My ears started bleeding. Uh, I oh, fucking hate Machine speaking, Gun Kelly. Speaking of musical God. acts, before we get back fuck. on the wrestling... I have an absolute reason to watch the Super Bowl this year, yes. and that is for the halftime show yep. with fucking Eminem, fucking awesome. Snoop Dogg, Dre, and I guess Mary J. Blige, Mary J. Blige and Kendrick, and Kendrick Lamar. Lamar. Yeah, I'm like, 
Yep, that gives me a reason to watch the Super Bowl right there. I'll sit through all yeah. the bullshit and the commercials I, and laugh at those, but I got to watch the Super Bowl halftime now. Unless they have to be a lowriders they bring in. My friend Mickey today was like, when's the last time a bunch of dudes are excited about the halftime show? <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, this I, is going to, unless they really screw it up, this will probably be the best halftime show in probably the last 10, 20 years. I mean, I was excited for Shakira and um, J-Lo. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was excited for it, but... It, it's it's still not Eminem and Dre and Snoop <laughs> and those guys. No, but I'm talking about female wise. Yeah, fe- outfits, body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, God, fuck. Oh, these come on, yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering which one of them is going to slip up and uh, you know make. Uh, it was it NBC's airing the game? Yeah. Oh, they're going to have to bleep them. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. you they're not going to remember yeah. to not say curse words. Those could be a delay. So I'm wondering who's going to screw up and make NBC pay a hefty uh, FCC fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were uh, listening to a little Eminem today, and we're like, well, he can't do that song. Nope, can't do that song. I'm, well, and I just said, he's probably gonna, they're probably going to do a bunch of the collab songs that they did if, and like if pick one song. From if it's anybody, it'll be Snoop who might mess up. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be so high. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Snoop, whatever. Snoop Double Jizzle, what am I doing here at the Super Bowl halftime shizzle? Because <laughs> I mean, in shit, uh, in chronic, in a, in, in a, it just in the, on the one song we were listening to from the Chronic twenty uh, two thousand one album, man, they must drop the N word like four or five times, like in a like in a in a one minute span. Yeah, but some like, of that stuff they've made clean versions of, so. It's just them remembering the the clean version. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to wrestling. Now we talked about the halftime real quick and, and music. I mean, if I so, get to watch Paige Van Zant kick Brandy Rhodes' ass, I'm okay with that. But uh, you just, but you just know that's that ultimately fine, that's but that not, match is going to be a travesty. Yeah, and you and you just know that ultimately that's not what they're going to do. I mean, they brought her out for that, so. Right, but all I'm saying is that Brandy's still going to win the match somehow. Brandy, Brandy. That's that's my guess. Maybe it'll be a a mixed tag. That's the only way that. There, there, there was a part (laughs) later in the night when when Dan Lambert came out with Lance Archer and he said something about the town of Cleveland being so pathetic they lost their Indians. I'm like, oh, that's fabulous. (laughs) He did say that. He did say that, that is awesome. That's um, that's actually pretty fun. Who was in the I, ring when he said that? Oh, Hangman. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because the the Indian. Oh, he made a ref. He made it. Yeah. yeah, he made a reference to the Blackhawks, and then just threw the Cleveland Indians in there, <laughs> and I was like, okay. Brand, it was funny. Brandy is. Brandy is she's not bad on the mic. She's had her moments on the mic. It's just as soon as she starts wrestling, then the, the real problems start to happen. So Yeah. And we have Tony Khan has a big announcement this week, and there's a qualifying match for this ladder match that's gonna happen at Revolution, and it's a debuting talent, and it's probably gonna be my buddy Keith Lee. So I can't wait. Tony Khan needs to stop making announcements that he's got an announcement to make. Yeah. <laughs> just have him show up. <laughs> nice. Just have him show up. I'll take just anybody. Just show up. 
I'll take anybody other than Keith Lee as this person. So I'll take anybody else, anybody else other than him. I'll be okay with. And, and I've also got to say this forbidden door shit <laughs> needs to stop. It's stupid. There's no, there's no, there's yeah. no fucking, there's no fucking forbidden door. It's weird. Like that, that phrase depends on who of, you talk to. You know what? That, that forbidden door <laughs> shit came about what seven years ago, eight years ago. I mean, uh, uh, the forbidden door dates back to Beauty and the Beast when the Beast told Belle that there were certain parts of the castle she couldn't go to. <laughs> that's where all, that's I mean, where all just, his S and M stuff was stored. It's just another made up word in professional wrestling to get attention to something. That's all it is. There's really no. Uh, I just I'm, I don't buy into the forbidden door shit. To be honest, it's trying to get like heat or um get one up attention. on them. Yeah, you know, it's attention. That's, so, I mean, shit. TNA back in the day had Okada on their show. They were using New Japan and and, and talent from then. They were showing up on their shows, wrestling multiple times. There was no ever talk of Forbidden Door at that point. That was mid two thousands. So I mean, it's just it's kind of just a made it's just a made up phrase. I, I hate you, that fucking word Forbidden. Did you door. watch? Did you watch Rampage, Joe? Because I thought Rampage was decent. So, uh, yeah, I watched it. It was a good show overall. Dude, like, I feel like Cole's gonna fight Hangman at Revolution. Like, I feel like that's coming. Ah, uh, based off his promo, probably. Hey, man's going to be Archer. Yeah. Can I ask a quick question about Messer Cole? Mm-hmm. Because I, I haven't tuned in AEW for a while, so I haven't seen him, and I probably should. But, you know, the certain podcast that I follow, which shall not be named, <laughs> the, 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 the two people on that show keep saying that, in their mind, Cole looks worse than when he left wwe like they they keep saying that, like his body looks different like he's lost muscle i mean that may be true so i was just yeah, wondering if I anybody would... could verify that or or not i'm just I, w- I would say so a little bit yeah he's not yeah i don't know how much he's been working out it doesn't you know he does lead his body type so it it could it could use some work you're looking yeah, a little contention. soft there son <laughs> there, he is i'm gonna be honest he is compared to his nxt yeah right. uh, I that's, say and, so. that, and that's and that's what they were saying is that they were saying that look he's obviously not the biggest guy in the world so he's never gonna have like the bodybuilder physique but that when he was nxt he looked like he still had like the way to you know to be able to back up what he did in the ring. He was more with, toned in with, like, with the physique for his build, and he still looked like you know a guy that you would take seriously and stuff. But now they're thinking that he's looking like I guess kind of swizzle stickish. So swizzle stick, What an analogy! That that's that's not they didn't use that term. I was just that's the. That's, I like the fact that you used that. it. That's awesome. He's a swizzle stick. <laughs> so he, he I, is, I'm just, I'm just he, wondering he could, because it's like you know I don't that. I don't get why you, you would know, let you yourself would, go, like, which why right. you wouldn't stay fit like that. Yeah, right. I, I that's so it just it was well. A little that's what happens. When you're with your girlfriend all the time and you're like, 
babe, I had a bad match. She gets on top and she does all the work. He's not doing anything. So, you know, he's not getting his good routine exercises in. He's not getting his hip thrusts in, you know, he's not working the ab muscles. So, you know, uh, you know shit happens. He's got, he's got an S-A-W-F-T. Yes. <laughs> Soft. And like, <laughs> last night, nobody, he was by himself. No young bucks, yep. no red dragon. Like he was by himself, and this is like the first time he's ever wrestled like by himself. With Did he come out the new music? I I walk alone. No, no. <laughs> but like he, and he squashed him. It was like a squash match, basically, too. So yeah, it was probably, a little different. He, he, he probably needed a match like that just to kind of like reassert dominance and remind everybody well, that you know, he, he is better than most everybody else. Well, in his promo too, like he kind of talked about a new Adam Cole, a new, a little different attitude and whatnot. So like he set it up and everything it's with just, the uh, going after the title as well. It's just weird because like all of a sudden they've, it's almost like they've changed what they're doing with him. Two weeks ago, he was with the Bucks and and Red Dragon. I, I wonder how long Kyle O'Reilly's going to be off television now. So with this kid being born, so I almost feel like they like just went a completely different direction with him in like a two week time period. They decided, oh, we're not going to do this. We're going to do this instead. So I don't know if Kenny's not. We're not going to see Kenny for a while now too, because they're probably like, they're. It's almost like they're putting that stuff on the back burner, like anything with like the Bucks or Red Dragon. It's almost like they're like, oh, let's move this off to the side now because I don't really think that that's going to happen right now. They so, can afford so, to do that, though, too. So O'Reilly's off TV because he uh, just uh, – His just wife had a kid. kid. Yeah. Okay. Is, did they take Fish off TV, too? I mean – the, the young bucks came out during the orange delay and fish came out when Cole fought orange Cassidy last week, they kind of got involved in that, but like they, they didn't really acknowledge any of that between dynamite and rampage this week. We just saw Adam Cole squash evil. Uno. Yeah. We didn't, there was no, he didn't say anything about the elite, anything about the Bucks, anything about red dragon. He said nothing it was all about him. It was all about him. So it was just a really weird, like, like, it's like they changed this the direction of him in like a week it's like a almost like a wwe thing where they've all of a sudden changed the direction with him so might my, my be a one-off thing too to be honest i still think he, at the end of the day he'll be with red dragon overall my first thought then would have to be well it sounds like they're expecting o'reilly to be gone for more than a couple weeks and kenny to not be back anytime soon Right, and they still don't know exactly when Omega's coming back. And it's like, they obviously, they want to take their time with doing whatever they want to do. Yeah. Um, you can't totally start something new with them, though, at the same time. Unless, I mean, you, want been, to, unless you have a way to wrap that up quickly enough. He's been, like, he was... He's like the number, well, Archer's number one, but like according to their ranking system, Adam Cole's two, but Adam Cole was one for the last like three weeks. And then he lost the unsanctioned match to Orms Cassidy. So he's going to be ranked number one again after Lance Archer loses. So it's like, he's ranked number one. So that's why I think he's going to fight Hangman at revolution. I, he might win. Like, that's the thing. It's like, it's not crazy that he could win that match. Right, Joe? Mm. Oh, he could definitely win it. I'm just not sure. It, it's weird. Like, That's how long did he want to hold the title on Hangman? 
that they changed the storyline with Cole. They just changed his direction like very quickly, I feel like. And then right. it's because I like, like a him. small detour. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a small detour with that. I, mean, I, I could see what you just said, like, you know, where Cole wins the title and then maybe they have Paige win it back from him. Maybe they do that to try to help solidify Paige as being a champion, as being like a main eventer again, kind of thing. They've, they've totally. Oh, yeah. It's like, look, look at this, look at the guy who we beat here. You know, so they've, they've yeah. kind of taken a dump on Hangman. They're just like, he's our champion, but he, his matches are half important. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's kind of true. They're just following the WWE playbook. I mean, insert almost anybody who's been champion over the last, yeah. you know, 15 to 20 years who wasn't named Roman Brock or Cena. And, you know, you could find examples. Of <laughs> hey, right here. It's like sticking <laughs> up all of a sudden. Like, what the hell are you doing? You, you could, he's primping Should himself. I spit on, on my hand, you know, and like. I think you just like... think, I think you need to fix your headset to get it tucked under there, Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, but anyways, like, there's been plenty of times where WWE has basically kind of shit on and ignored who their champion is, and yeah, Hangman's not very good on the mic, so I think it's hard with him when he comes out. He cuts the same promo over and over, like he doesn't have a lot of variety. So he just comes out and says cowboy shit, and the fans pop. But there's not a lot of variety <laughs> on promo work. It's like he's basically coming out and saying the same thing every time, and he doesn't know. How Agent. And variety well, is the spice of lice. There's there's two ways to fix that. Then. One, work with him so he just gets better because and, and we know it can happen. Roman Reigns has kind of proven that, but of course well, he's also the he's Bailey, also the benefit. He's also Bailey, the benefit of being Bailey is the best example in, in WWE right now of somebody who was awful on the mic and then all turned heel and got amazing. So she's right, the best. But that's, that's, but that's the only problem like with those two examples is that they got better on the mic by being heels and Paige obviously to be a face right now. The other solution would be give them a mouthpiece. You know, you may not want to do it. It may not. It's not like the typical thing you do, especially with a face and everything, but uh, you might need to. When, sometimes when sometimes I, maybe that's what you have to do. When, when, Lance, when Jake came out with Lambert the other night with Lance Archer, Jake gave us an if you will. We got an if you will from Jake the Snake the other night. <laughs> yeah, in we his did. raspy, in his raspy cigarette smoking voice, if you will. <laughs> Wasn't that like the first time he had been on TV in like forever, too? Yeah. But every time I hear that, I think of you now, Pat, like Dusty Rhodes and you whenever somebody says that. So. Well, what do you see? What do you what do you what do you see right now? What what he's doing in the ring, if you will? Is that, is he's that Porky go Pig, or is that Dusty Rhodes going on right there? He's got to go under the ring. He's got to get his plunder, baby. He's going to use that plunder on him. Watch out, Ric Flair! He's going to hit you with a plunder. <laughs> I think. Oh man. I think the inner circle is going to break up finally Wednesday. So. Like I'm okay with that, and, and honestly, hopefully, then they also start phasing Jericho out. Really, <laughs> I want to see more of Santana Ortiz and the tag team. Yes, me too. You know, um, you know, division do more. <laughs> actually, fight for the titles. Like, oh, go up the rankings for that. They, they, they deserve it, legitimately. So it needs to no, happen. They do. They want and Jungle Express. Can have the belts for one more month and be done, and it's okay. They, I'm glad they won them, but 
they also Christian's their mouthpiece because Luchasaurus doesn't talk and Jungle Boy's average on the mic. So there's yeah, not a better. There. There's somebody else who needs to get better on the mic, or uh, they need to, you know, just keep him with a mouthpiece too. But who, Jungle Boy? Yeah. <laughs> but Luchasaurus is, uh, yeah, just. It's just one of the ridiculous things that I can't still buy into with AEW. So yeah, I don't. Guy I don't with what guy I, with the never, mask on? I, Come on now. Yeah, I've never, big. I've never, I've never seen him do anything that made me go, "Wow." He's not or, bad. I, I just don't buy into the Luchasaurus garbage. No, so. it's 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 stupid, and you know, <laughs> you're stupid. But let, let, let him go follow. Uh, you know. Marco stunt to uh your unemployment line. Ouch. No, nah, I want Luchasaurus <laughs> around. Marco Stunt can go though. Yeah, Marco Stunt could go. He didn't it didn't make sense to even have somebody like that in rest in your wrestling profession. It's like we don't really want a little person or like whatever the politically correct term is, but we want somebody that's short like that. So let's bring in this guy. Let's just I mean, bring maybe- in the, the most undersized person ever, you know, pretend to be a wrestler. I mean, Joe, maybe they'll let Danielson and Moxley beat Jungle Express at, like, Revolution, and they'll put the tag belts on them. Like, I could see that coming. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if they do, Moxley buys in and they form this tag team. It's just kind of like, too, like, you want to put the belts on them that quick when there's some other people that could you can put the I belts think, on them. I more. think Santana and Ortiz are going to win the tag belts before the year is over. So, yeah, no, they which they should. The Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers don't need the tag belts. They don't need them. Their feuds are important whether there's belts on the line or not. So Yeah, the belts need to go around to the others right now. Um, and, meanwhile, so I, I, and meanwhile, FTR is just there. They're just there. Uh, yeah, they are. Right, yeah. Yeah, they kind of are right now. They definitely are. Well, they're... They're with MJF still on the pinnacle, even though they don't really do stuff as the pinnacle, they're still the pinnacle. Yeah, that's and that faction's really that that whole faction's kind of weird too. You know, they've had when was the last time they came out to the pinnacle music? <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Was, was yeah, was there a time recently where they were all there together? It's been months. Uh, they they all beat up, I think at some point they all beat up Darby. Okay. So like it's FTR, been a while. Definitely been a while. So I was listening to uh, Jericho's podcast. Uh, it was like an mm, listen to it the other day. I don't mm-hmm. remember when she was. On. I think she was on a couple weeks ago. But uh, I listened to two specific ones. One was with Jake Gargill, Cargill, and the other one was with uh, O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. The Jade one's interesting because she has a master's in child psychology. She's a fitness trainer and a fitness one. Well, I knew about the fitness model stuff. She's a fitness trainer and fitness model. And she's married to ex-baseball player Brandon Phillips. Or is that his last name? Yeah. <coughs> Brandon Phillips. She's 29 and he's 41. You go with your bad self with the young, <laughs> the young female. Um, but uh, she was offered a contract by WWE. And she turned it down because they wanted her to break her contracts with her sponsors for her fitness models, stuff that she did. So they went ahead and no third party money. 
Yeah. So they went ahead and they tried to offer her more money than any of the other people at the performance center. And uh, she still turned it down. Um, the other thing she said, she felt like because she has money outside of wrestling, they didn't know how dedicated she was. They were asking her about her daughter, which I think was like, she was like two at the time. Yeah. And they were asking her like all kinds of crazy questions, like drilling her about stuff. She's like, I have money out for a fucking nanny for all I care. But yeah, she was she was uh, almost signed with WWE, and then she was training down south, and she got uh, hooked up with Tony Khan, <clears throat> and she said just the atmosphere in AEW was a lot better. It made you feel like a family. Like everyone says, make you feel like family, which they do. So uh, she uh, declined the contract from WWE and signed with AEW. And her first legit match was seriously on national television. Yeah, the, the Shaq match. The Shaq match was her first legit match ever. She did training she did stuff, but she never she did okay never. in that one. She almost digressed. Like she was fine in that one. And then she like took a step, a couple steps backwards. She actually in her promo last night was like, You guys out there that think I'm green, I'm like, you are. So, so some of those yeah. some, some of those questions seemed uh very inappropriate yeah so they pretty much asked her like what about your daughter what are you can do with your daughter she's like i have money i'll hire a nanny yeah that you know? really feels, that really feels like a question that should be that should be completely off limits and they were well, like this is wwe they're gonna ask anything that they fucking feel like asking well, and then the other is right or wrong i'm just you saying if this, is like, if this is like an interview and they're asking that type of a question i i want to say that's got to violate some kind of law yeah, yeah, I guess they, she said that, like, you know, they, they were they, they wanted the siren, they were interested, and they were, like, questioning her dedication, questioning what she was going to do with her child. <clears throat> you know, these people that are you're training with don't have anything, and you have something outside of wrestling, and they were pushing super hard for her to get rid of her, you know, break her contracts with her sponsors, and that's, that's kind of a... That's kind of a big no-no. Like you, you bring contracts with sponsors. You good luck trying to get those sponsors. You know. Well, not only that, like happens. Like she knew better. Like whose whose fault whose fault is that that these people don't have shit and that she was smart as far as business and having something before she came to wrestling. Yeah. Like that ain't my fucking fault. Ain't my problem that these people are. Idiots. Yeah, I, it was kind of weird. It was kind of like you know you're 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 making it sound like, yeah. She's like, yeah, I have money. You know, I have my own money. I'm married to an ex baseball player who has his own money, so we're well off. We're rich. We're not super rich, but we're rich. So I can afford to do these things because I work hard. But at the same point, it made it seem like WWE was like, well, you have money. How much? You know, what's your dedication? She was like, I'm all in on this. I'm just not doing this as a hobby. You know, I'm doing this because I love professional wrestling and, and all that stuff. So it was interesting. Um, it was interesting. It was about oh, 50 some minutes long. What about the one um, with Fish O'Reilly? Um, Fish O'Reilly, they, 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 it, it was good. You know, they're kind of talking like ROH days and how they came about. And uh, when they formed a tag team, you know, how Red Dragon came about and how people were kind of pissed off that they had red dragon and they, they never wore red. And they said they did it on purpose because they were kind of like heels. He was like red dragon reds in her name, but we're not using red in our outfits. So they kind of like <clears throat> did a lot of that on purpose. 
Um, Bobby Fish was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Bobby Fish was talking about um, he was at the car dealer with his girlfriend signing paperwork to buy a new pickup truck, uh, a new Chevy pickup truck. As he got the phone call from WWE saying, sorry, but uh, we don't need your services anymore. Sorry uh, about your <laughs> damn look. <laughs> um, O'Reilly kind of just said, for the most part, you know, they kind of told him about the NXT change, but they never told him what they were doing. It was kind of like, hey, NXT is going to go in a different direction. Never really told the guys, girls, what that specifically was. And he said, after that announcement, he said, I, it was like, I went from being one of the top guys in the company to helping out guys. So he's like, I helped, uh, you know, they formed that tag team. Uh, with Von Wagner. Yeah, Wagner. Von and, dipshit. And he said, I was just doing good by the company. My contract expired. I signed an extension to do the war games and put Wagner over. <coughs> and, you know, that was about it. He was like, I just, uh, you know, felt it was time to move on. And I didn't get any, like, I guess Jericho asked him if, like, you know, he talked to Triple H or Sean. And, you know, it, it was good conversation. Nothing like, you know, we want to keep you and all, none of that shit. Um, but they did with Samoa Joe. So it was like, he just, he left and moved on. He also did say, they both said this, is that they had like two two or three pages worth of names before Undisputed Era got um, picked. Yeah. And it was like every, every time they every time they were like picking something, like legal was like, no, no, no. So I guess O'Reilly was worried about Undisputed Era because they thought people would take the ERA and think it was talking about baseball. So <laughs> they really weren't keen on it. So they're like, uh, we don't know if this is going to work. And they actually didn't like the music either. None of them were keen on were keen on the music that they picked for the end of Speed Air, which is fucking awesome. But <laughs> yeah, they'd um they were they were lukewarm on that too. So they there was a couple things when they did that. I could, he said that uh them teaming up happened because Cole was supposed to do no, not Cole. That him in fish were supposed to do something with somebody and something happened and they went to a house show and they put coal with them and the people went ape shit like got a big reaction out of a house show so fish was like went to triple h and was like hey this happened last night you know blah 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 we think we might have something here Could we try it out so they tried it out a couple more times and fans were digging it. So <clears throat> they started thinking of names and all that shit. So, and then, and then Vince found out about it and said, nobody gets over on my watch. <laughs> well, I mean, they, got, they were over for three and a half years. So I am just, yeah. just making fun of Vince. We know we know that Vince got mad at Triple H for doing better than he did. How dare you have the number one show in our ratings, you cocksucker? O'Reilly O'Reilly pretty much said on there like Jericho. They started talking about when they were up, up against each other, and they said like when once AEW announced like the Wednesday night stuff, like 
there was back and forth of like moving it, staying on, competing, and they wanted to compete. And the guys, he said, O'Reilly said a lot of the wrestlers on NXT wanted AEW to do well because it was just like, you know, two shows going head to head. And the people in NXT were like, oh, this is like a Wednesday Night Wars, like the Monday Night Wars. <clears throat> and they wanted AEW to do good to like make both shows look good. Right. But, and I, and I know, think that's also because a lot of people perceive that, you know, WWE, you know, got so stale and behind the times and everything. And it was the Monday Night War that forced them to change and get better and push new people. So I think that's what people were hoping for. And, you know, they, you know, you know, uh, Sean and Triple H, you know, they, they knew about the Monday Night Wars. So, you know, they, they kind of were all in on, you know, the competition. Um, and Jericho, just like Bowie Reyes said and Mark Henry and um, Dreamer and all the rest of them, you know, Jericho also said, you know, it, it's when they, even though no matter what you guys were doing on the show, just because of those ratings, once Vince sees something that's a failure, he's going to take that failure and do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> Hence why black and gold NXT does not exist anymore. So it's just... Now we, now we know, have it's just colored NXT. Now we have garbage <laughs> NXT. So, yeah, they were both good. You know, the Jade one was cool too. You know, she she Jade is... She's coached by Dustin, Sanjay Dutt. What did she say? <laughs> he said uh, trying to think of the other dead. person oh um, Billy Gunn as well she was talking about how like uh, Billy's trying to tell her not to sell as much as she does um, and she talked about that spot too where Ruby Soho she said that you know she's like takes full responsibility for that top rope debacle so she's like gotta... you know you know, she's like, we, you know, we talked about, it. we thought it'd be a good spot, but it just didn't work out. <laughs> so I got, I got to ask, we know there's a transgender in AEW. Mm-hmm. How long before WWE hires their first transgender? Good luck with that one. Good question. My guess would be not anytime soon. 15 nah. years from now. I don't think it'll be, I, I don't think I don't think it'll be that long, but yeah. It's, <laughs> when I'm in my sixties, it's it's something that I imagine WWE for. It's something that I imagine WWE from staying away from just because not wanting to potentially upset any stockholder. Well, and I just let well, me put it this way: when AJ's in his sixties, because he's older than all of us. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's just one of those things because we know how hard we know we saw it unfold in WWE with um uh Jesus whiz um the one the, 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 why can't I think of his freaking no no say it again the one like a guy Zach Allen no are you talking no. about are you, you talking about Orlando Jordan yes with yeah. Orlando Jordan who was um like. I guess he was bisexual was his preference. Um, so he was open about it. And then, and then it was a little while later when there was the, the, the gentleman that was just openly gay. Um, there, um, that there, yeah. yeah. Who just, 
at that time he couldn't fire Darren Young because it was like, oh my god, I can't fire the gay, you know, the the the, 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 the gay, gay gentleman guy. because that I'll get huge backlash. And I think that's the only reason why he didn't fire him right away because we know Vince is very old school when it comes to that. Like he's not like very progressive in his thinking of you know other people, <laughs> so to say. Well, yeah, I think I think Darren Young didn't Darren Young become the first publicly. Yeah, like, like right. he was the first one. I think I, he was the first one. I think was open. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. About about being gay because I don't think Orlando Jordan was ever open during his tenure with the company. And that, no, not well. That was like a couple years after after he had left. Yeah, the company. And, then, and then I can't remember was it was it Ruby or was it Sonia or is it both of them are so, Sonia yeah. is. Yeah. 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 There's there's female openly gay uh, wrestlers. Yeah, which probably doesn't bother Vince at all because he's probably in the back of his mind saying, oh, good, we can bring back HLA. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, oh, my God. We just – we know how long it took Vince to be able to accept that – group of people and allow them to stay on his wrestling show yeah i have a feeling it really doesn't bother vince personally but it's just something that he's aware enough of in the sense of like well i'm just not going to go there because somebody might object to it and especially now since i have stockholders i have to appease you know so that's my feeling yeah who knows it's just crazy it is but it is midnight we're in the next day. So now it's time to go. <laughs> We're talking. Did yeah, you turn into a ghost? I heard a voice, but I don't. <laughs> no, I, my thing was dying, so I had to plug it in. Oh, his thing's dying. Oh, go revive it. <laughs> Do you have a wife to help you out? With piddle, that? piddle <laughs> your <laughs> piddle your diddle. <laughs> Wake it up. Your diddle. Run in there and be like, it's an emergency. I need you right now. <laughs> my, th- <laughs> my thing's on <are> low power. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, God. I can go so many directions with this. It needs a recharge. Oh. <laughs> Just yank it three times. It'll be good. <laughs> You gotta get the primer going, like on the old. <laughs> it's like going there, like I, I, it's almost. I need to plug it in to recharge it, please. <laughs> oh man! The, Do you have the, the proper have the adapter right, for my plug? I don't have the right. I don't have the right voltage voltage adapter. <laughs> reason I only have the ones that work overseas. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's too funny. Sick fucks we are. It's it's amazing. It's what is amazing about this whole thing is he can sit there with a stone face, like not even <laughs> smile or laugh or anything. Because <laughs> uh, I'm you used to you guys. It's all right, Jeremy. We we amuse ourselves. That's, That's right. right. I'm funny as shit. I know what you're trying to make people laugh. So I was gonna say. Meanwhile, in the back of his head, he's you know plotting how to get back at us. So. <laughs> We've oh, been that's funny. on each other for 20 years, 15 years or 20 years. So I just expected <laughs> you to laugh at something. Like, I'm like, this is pretty funny <laughs> stuff we're doing right now. 
Let's see. Um, eight, Eighteen plus. Yeah, because I think we met back in two thousand three. So I met you first, and then Joe, and then Jeremy. So. Yeah. <sighs> He's got a long-standing reputation as the stone face killer. I that's, do. Why, that's, that, that's why the Royal that's why the Royal Rumble 2004 always holds a special place in my heart because you know that was the first show that you know I, that was the first live WWE show I went to and it was with you so You should have, have a, a beautiful re- Valentine's Day card then. <laughs> I have resting bitch face. I've been told that many a time, guys. You're the no sell from hell. Dun, dun, <laughs> ch- uh. It doesn't phase me. Oh, still not hurt. <laughs> Yo, my, it's God, like my, friend. Hulk, my God, even Hulk Hogan sells more than this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> now I can see Joe's hairline. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Hogan's having a seizure. Help him out. Help him out. He's having a seizure again. <laughs> come on, oh, come on, Joe. You got you to gotta hold up. Got to stay in the game here. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. It's kind of like my friend Marcus. Like he doesn't smile for anything. Like when he got married, his wedding pictures, no smile. One out of five. <laughs> like I told. Like nothing. One out of five. It's like nine no. out of five. Not even smiling in his wedding pictures. Damn. No. No. Five or like, if I ever get married, I'll make sure I'm smiling in my room. Well, we're not, this we're is not my face. About, we're not worried about that <laughs> happening, Pat. So no, 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 no. Nor should you be. Uh, it's like it's like he married his when he married his wife, and she knew what she was getting into. He's like, listen, this is my face. It don't ever fucking change. <laughs> Deal with it. Your, you bought your ticket. You <laughs> knew what you were getting into. <sighs> Yeah, and, and I did. I'm smiling in like one out of five wedding pictures, so that's good. That's my normal, one out of five. Oh, too much. Too funny. Huh. You you smiled in a wrestling <laughs> t-shirt picture. So For that, sure. That, 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 that worked. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I do have to say one thing, though, and I don't know if I ever said this to you, and this wasn't anything that you did wrong, but the tuxes, that, that place that gave us the tuxes, with that those they, those fuckers didn't know what the hell they were doing like those tuxes those tuxes were never tailored to anybody's body size i'm like fucking drowning in one thing i'm short on the other thing i'm like what the fuck did these guys do nicole said <laughs> I, I should... she like, nicole said she like went on and gave them a bad review so i should have yeah. um and like i said that wasn't your short. fault that's all it, that's them not doing their job right <laughs> I should have kept the short tux pants, man. That, <laughs> that would have been great. So you would have had capris? <laughs> I would have went to like Dick's and bought like, you know, like basketball, like socks that went up to like my knees and wore those <laughs> on there. That would be great. That, was, that would have been awesome because you measured on the inside of your leg, didn't you? Is that how you measured I, I, your inseam or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I, I, like you don't do tuxes. They 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 measure pants differently than you do for like normal pants. So I think yeah. click in my head at first. I'm like, oh fuck, I sent them. I think I sent them the wrong shit, but we'll see. Whatever. It wasn't that hard to fix. Yeah. Like, it I was, was trying just to funny. F- when I pulled them out of the bag, I'm like, these fuckers are in the fucking 
Like when I put I'm like, my, I'll put these bitches on anyway. Like when I put this my jacket great. on, I was like, damn, this jacket's really long. And then I'm like, damn, it's really fucking fat too. Like I'm like, shit, like I feel like I could fit like three shirts or four shirts under this fucking I mean, thing. they got mine right, so That's like, all that matters as long as yours right. We look like a couple of schluppy homo ho, uh, hobos. Hobos. <laughs> and I think they got slip of the tongue. Got, I think they got Jay's right, and Jay's was a, a big tux. <laughs> so they got oh, his. Oh, man. So. Yeah, that was funny. We just went to that place because it was close. That's the only reason we yeah. went there. So. Yeah. I mean, they were cool overall, though. They were cool guys that worked there. Well, yeah, yeah. they were playing wrestling music when we were trying to talk to them. When we went to get our. Were they doing it the day you guys were there? I, I bet went there and they were playing like wrestling theme music when we were there. Yep. 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 I don't remember. I just remember trying on my stuff, and you know when they hemmed the sleeve, <laughs> they like tucked it in, like pinned it or some shit like that. It's like, hmm, all right, <laughs> good hem job. <laughs> we already like. No, it is what it is. We're already picking on my dad because at Jack's wedding next year, I'm like, my dad's going to be regulating the alcohol, making sure everybody has two drinks in the in each hand. So, because that's what my dad did at my wedding is he just made sure everybody was drinking the whole night. So, yeah, I remember. I think he called somebody a pussy at some point in time. <laughs> sure, he did. Um, it might have been Joe. I think it might have been Joe. That he called. <laughs> I don't remember a hundred percent, dude. I, I, I was every time I went up there, I was getting a drink. He was like, "What you drinking?" I'm like, "Vodka." <laughs> <laughs> Like Zach, don't worry. Dad, Zach said my dad came up to him one time, and Zach said he had a drink in each hand. And my dad's like, "You need another beer?" <laughs> I, I like, think yeah, I'm trying to remember. Pants, I, right I feel like your mom had like had to put it had to have like was like, "Okay, it's time to stop now." <laughs> probably did. She had to put the foot down. Okay, you're drunk enough. <laughs> I'm not wheeling you home. She probably did. So. But I mean, everybody in my family, except for my mom, was drunk at the first wedding. So mm -hmm. at least Ned was not wasted and making an ass of himself this time around. At least Ned didn't drink. So, uh, and see, that's, I would have loved to have been able to see that Ned. The fun, yes, the, the, the... I know. Everybody <laughs> see that Ned because it's, it's, there's nothing quite like that version of Ned. Because <laughs> I think we would have got to the, to the super up Ned where he was super happy. And then I think we would have seen Ned crash and burn and, and then cry because no, no, nobody loves me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that would have been funny. If I, I tell you guys this, if there's one person that I know in my whole life that needs therapy, it's my brother, Ned. 100%. That guy, he should be going, sitting in a chair with a shrink every week because he needs it and he won't go. So, I mean, maybe he should. Maybe that'll be his future wife. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's a Ned, female one. Ned, wife right there. Ned wants the, the dogs and the kids. He doesn't want the woman part of it. So. Well, yeah, I, I, I think you said at one point in time he feels like he's been scorned by enough women. Yeah. So, but. Give me a kid to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Peace out. I'll be a single dad. I don't give a fuck. Just got he, he could adopt. He could always adopt. Two, two dogs and, his ki and a kid. He doesn't need the woman. He just needs the. Because he's good at with animals and he's good with kids. Not so good with the females. Yeah, you know. it's, it's all about the right one. 
It's kind not, of like it's Pat. not qual men, it's not quantity, it's quality. Men can't have that in common, not so good with the ladies. No Pat doesn't try though. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I'm not actively seeking relation brother so. trying though either at this point. So there are similarities there. Well, I I you know my problem is, you know, again, I've only been living by myself for what seven eight months so that's that's one thing i wasn't ever going to try to pursue a relationship when i was oh, still living it. it wouldn't have been cool to be like let's go to my parents house i think we got to yeah. get him on tinder <laughs> so exactly. ladies can start swiping left for him and, <laughs> and, and, swipe him left ladies swipe him left and, and now the thing is it's like I, I really need to you know get going with getting a fucking cpa before i can even really think about doing something like that so because I'm way behind on that. So, yeah, tisk, tisk. get on that priorities, man. Priorities. Oh, I, I, I will be this year for sure. Because especially once I see how much they're going to want for rent for this place uh, going forward, that's it's going to be a uh, necessity. So. Well, yeah, and you got to eventually start just doing my taxes. You know, <laughs> be my personal accountant, bitch. <laughs> priorities 1a poutine pie 1b your cpa there you go and then number two be my tax One attorney Jeremy <laughs> don't forget to put uh, bitch on there okay it's got to be it's got to be emphasized with bitch <laughs> <laughs> you my tax bitch get it done <laughs> no you're no, all bitch <laughs> Oh, I did. Man. I did tell Joe that in April we found a townhouse that's like two miles from here, so we're moving to a townhouse at least. We're getting in a place that's got way more room than this. Nice, good for you. So, good. When are you when are you going to make a move down to? Uh, we were talking about Virginia. You were thinking? Uh, I'd rather move down by Joe. The problem is there's like two famous footwears in the whole state of North Carolina. Ooh, wow. nice. Evidently, they don't care about North Carolinians. <laughs> so, you guys can have I, Payless. The place I Payless went on. There's business. a shitload of rack rooms in this state. Yeah, That's what they have. Payless went here. on business. So, I mean, I guess rack room would be somewhere where I could try and say, "Hey, I work at Famous Footwear." There's probably a lot of similarities, but this place we live in here doesn't have a lot of room. So we at least have more room and we're going to have a washer and a dryer in the townhouse. I don't like sharing laundry facilities with people. Like, ooh, yeah, these your whites or my whites? <laughs> <laughs> That's some old school shit, right? There. These ones have a brown stain. They're not mine. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, Mine's got be. the yellow stain, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the brown ones. I only <laughs> pee in mine, yellow. not poop. <laughs> Excuse me. Could you please make sure that your garments do not mix with mine? I mean, why? I thought you liked pink garments. No, I don't. Didn't you see what happened to Homer Simpson when he went to work with a pink shirt on? We know you like the thongs. They tried They tried to commit him. Oh, man. Well, for, for a while, I thought Pat's team was going to take care of LeBron tonight, but then like, the Knicks melted down and lost. I know. I saw that they had like a big lead at halftime, and then I got the notification that they lost. <clears> the <throat> and I'm like, Jesus Christ. This Blew a 22-point lead. This is, this, this is why I can't follow this team. Jay, Jay said Defense that Russell, does not exist in the NBA. 
Russell Westbrook was one for 11 tonight. Fantastic. He's, he's the shit. Three for seven from the free throw line. He's awesome. But I mean, obviously the reason they won is because LeBron came back. Yes, I guess. No, Anthony Davis had a good game too. There's evidently no, a possible no. trade for Ben no, Simmons no. to get out of the Sixers it's organization. Because, it's all because of LeBron, Joe. He had 29. Yeah. He, well, LeBron had a LeBron had a triple double, Joe. Okay. Oh yeah, him and his, so did so did Anthony Davis. Man, you let two. You, oh no, he didn't. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, damn, if you're the Knicks and you let two people on a team have a fucking triple double, you suck. Like. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, Davis had 28 points, 17 rebounds, and four block shots. What was oh, his next highest damn. stat? Three steals. Okay, so it wasn't like close. It was it wasn't really close to a triple double. It was no. like his. So. I, I I thought it was because it was like the rebounds and the defensive rebounds right next to it. I was like, oh, uh, never mind. Why why, uh, why, is it, why the fuck did the Knicks trade for Cam Reddish? If I'm going to see DNP coach's decision next to his name in the box score, I don't know. Oh, That's Malik cool. Monk had 29 <laughs> points. And supposedly Julius Randall's on the trade block of Pat. Oh man, I wish I could. I wish I could find that. I mean, it, it, seems, it seems like they're not going anywhere. So why not? No, no, I know they 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 were they went to the playoffs last year, and, I, and then they're like going in the complete opposite direction now. Yep. But no, I think uh, what Jeremy's been trying to say here. Yes, I'm hearing. Not, not that it's like even anywhere close to uh, happening, but there's just like whispers of like, sure, we'll give up James Harden to get Ben Simmons. Yeah, that was the most la- that was the most recent one was James Harden. Um, Supposedly he wants Harden. he wants out of Brooklyn. So can you blame him? Maybe- Kyrie's drama. Like, I can you blame? No, I can't blame him. You get away from the Kyrie drama. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's. Um, I I can't think of what like the, the the cliche term is, but it's like you know when you when you get like the thing you think you want, and then it turns out to be shit. You know. Yeah. You know they they thought that it was going to be such a great situation, and obviously it's turned out to be not that because crazy. Kyrie has drama wherever he is. Yeah. He really is. But just remember, but just remember what Skip, Skip Bayless said. They, you know, it was all Kyrie that the, the Cavs won that finals, not 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 LeBron. Well, I mean, Kyrie made the shot, but I know I'm just uh, just making fun of Skip Bayless. Well, Skip Bayless is an idiot, so he is a LeBron hater, though. So, so uh, do we uh, hear? Is it tomorrow that we get to know who the it is tomorrow. You mean today? Pro- oh, yeah, yeah. Later today, the, uh, <laughs> who gets into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Pat? Is it later today? Or is it during the week? I think it's... Is it during the award show next weekend? I think it's during the award show. Friday isn't the award show like the day before the Super Bowl or whatever? Yeah. Um, let me see here. The Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022 will be inducted during NFL Honors, which airs live Thursday, February 10th. Okay, so Thursday. Thursday night. Okay. Okay. All right. We're going to do our mount. Um, 
We're gonna save that for next week because we're like <laughs> <coughs> well yeah, we, way over two hours. <laughs> we, 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 I mean shit, we never even got to the whole Brian Flores thing, which uh maybe with the added benefit of a week though, we'll get some more information about that and maybe be able to have better opinions. So <laughs> yeah, we're like almost three hours deep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what the shit? <laughs> All right, well, we're just sitting here bullshitting. Yes. Well, on that note, we're going to say goodnight. We're going to thank everybody for watching. We appreciate you tuning in wherever you're catching this podcast, whether you catch it live on Facebook or you're catching in the audio version on almost all audio podcast platforms. Uh, we are on Spotify, damn it. <laughs> we are. I don't know if anybody listens to us on Spotify, but we are there. Um, but yeah, just thanks for tuning in and listening. We hope have, you had fun. Good. I've listened to our podcast on Spotify. Before. Good, good. Um, so uh, what the hell was I saying? Shit. All right. Well, as sure. always, we thank you for watching and we say good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and we'll catch you on the next episode.